Hello. So today we have Mr. Mark Beckworth on the podcast. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I mean, what? (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, Mark, tell us about you. Well, I grew up in Ohio. I lived there until I was 18. Uh, Little rural town. And then um, joined the Navy. Thought I was going to be, you know, easy way to pay for college. All of a sudden, Gulf War breaks out. They send me over there for a little bit. I do that stuff. I come back. Spent like 10 years in the Navy and then uh, got out. I uh, got my nursing degree while I was in at least um, and then started doing uh, dental repair and then coaching uh, high school wrestling and lived in Memphis for 26 years now, I guess. So I guess I'm Memphian now. <laughs> I got you. So when you... How did you get into nursing? Is that one of the programs you just said it's going to be easy? And you just that's why you did that when you were in, in the Navy? Oh, let me thank you for your service before people say, oh, you thank you for your service. Thank you for your service, Mark, well, for my freedoms. I didn't. I mean, I signed up for the college plan. I didn't sign up for all this other stuff that these guys are now. So the the ones that are signing up under the wartime situations we've been in the last 20 years, those guys, you know, they're the ones that deserve it. I just. I was looking for an easy way out and get my college paid for. So that's what I was doing. Did you join the Navy because of your small town that you lived in or, or your family is like people in the Army and stuff? Well, my Both my grandfathers were in the Navy and then my uncle was in the Army and my cousin joined the Army. So I'm like, well, you know, this is a way out of this small town. And the school I was going to go to for um, um, – Corman School was out in San Diego, so I'm like, oh shit, I got a free trip out to California. <laughs> so I went out there, and then I went through the the medical side, and then I was like, oh, Fleet Marine Force, I'm gonna try that out. So I went to Fleet Marines because the Marine Corps doesn't have medical and dental; it's all supplied by the Navy. So I'm like, okay, well that'll be cool. You know, I can you know not be on a ship because you know my dumbass signed the Navy, and I was like, shit, I don't want to be on a ship. Oh yeah. <laughs> So I found a way out of that, and then, you know, the Gulf War broke out. So we were doing combat medicine. I was like, oh, well, I should do freaking nursing. This I like this shit. But then when you come back in the States, and it's like, oh, nurses can do X, Y, Z, that's it. I'm like, eh, maybe this ain't for me. Did you see that movie, Hark? no, not Heartbreak Ridge, but um, it's like, can't think of the name, but it's um, the movie where the, the guy's a combat medic. It's based on a true story, yeah. and he doesn't carry a gun because yeah. of his religion. Yeah. So that's kind of something you were doing? Like you were fixing the soldiers and stuff if they got hurt? Yeah. I mean, that's what combat medicine is. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought that was yeah. like maybe something else. No, we what would, did you like, think it could be? I, I didn't know that it, all of them in the field with the people. Did you have a gun? Yeah. Okay. Only, oh, you can only carry a pistol. I remember you telling yes. me this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is that about? That's the dumbest thing. So you go, you in Afghanistan, uh, you were in the Gulf War and you got a little fucking six shooter or however many bullets yeah. it holds. Well, we follow Geneva Convention rules for all of our armed forces. The people we are fighting don't follow those rules. I was going to say that but, only, I think it seems like only America follows the rules when well, it comes to this. Only, you know, like the big countries in the world follow yeah. the rules, you know? Yeah, not the ones that we're actually going to go to war with. But so we still had to follow under those rules and stuff like that. So that's why. So how long 
were you in in the Gulf? He invaded on August second, and we landed in Saudi Arabia on August eighth, and then we were there until uh, probably the first part of March. Six to, uh, six months, I guess. Uh, August, September, October. Yeah, about six months. Because we kept thinking like. They kept adding more troops. Like, oh, okay, they're going to rotate us out. Yeah. Well, no, they just kept adding and adding and adding. So, so this is the original Gulf War, right? The yeah, Saddam Hussein one. Ninety-one. Yeah. Okay. I'm old. <laughs> well, you're only like what eight years old? Oh, you know, you just turned fifty, so you're nine yeah. years older than me. Yeah. And yeah, how long were? Your... So, what was my question? Hang on. I'm thinking of my question. I forget it. So how come you never used your nursing degree when you came out of um, the uh, Navy? It just seemed like it wasn't about taking care of the patient. It was about taking care of the paperwork. You know mm. what I'm saying? So when I, when I come from, you know, getting these guys patched up, getting them back out on the field, I'm like, okay, this is cool. And then I was going to come back and go and try and get on with the wing and stuff like that. Cause I, you know, in the military, you have a, a lot more certifications and stuff than they'd let in the private world. So like I had advanced trauma life support, advanced cardiac life support, all these things. So the advanced trauma life support in the civilian world, only um, doctors get it. So when I had that, I was like, well, you know, I'll go easily do some ER work, do some of this and then, they were just giving the run around, giving the run around. I was like, you know what? Forget it. And now, I mean, it worked out better because I have more flexibility for coaching and stuff. So, How old were you when you got into wrestling? When I first started, it, I was like 10 up in Ohio. So I started a little bit late for Ohio. But we would have like little, you know, it wasn't quite organized at the um, elementary. And, and we had middle school. And then, like, junior high was, like, serious. Mm -hmm. So so junior high and then our high school. And we had a pretty dominant program. So, you know, you kind of had to really toe the line with them. So, yeah. were, you, um, were you a good wrestler? I was, I was pretty good. Mm. Yeah, I was, I was like, the, fr the first year of high school, our head wrestling coach had the study hall. And there's, like, three or 400 people in our study hall. Jesus. So everybody, yeah, everybody sat down and it got quiet. And he calls me back to the desk right off. I'm like, well, I've been to school one day and I'm already in trouble. What the hell have I done? And he just comes, calls me back. He's like, uh, you coming out for wrestling this year? I'm like, oh, yes, sir. Okay, go back to your seat. So I was like, he was already just recruiting on the first day of school, but he knew me because like his family also coached the junior high program. Mm -hmm. So the, 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 um, coaching philosophies and stuff went back to the junior high level. So you had that. And then his brother was the, the freshman and JV coach. And then he was the head coach and he had been there since like, I think the late sixties. Oh, wow. And this was, um, late eighties when I was in high school. So he had built, built up quite a program. Did you, uh, when you were over in, in the Gulf, did you have to fix a lot of people? Like, they got shot or stuff? Or like, did you have, like, a bunch of hands-on stuff with that? Or did you just, like, 
or were you guys more so every time the troops went out you guys were with them right i wasn't i wasn't implanted with them but as big skirmishes went down we would get sent out because we were like the, the they got they got rid of a lot of the embedded um medics because of what happened in vietnam where the vietnamese would shoot one soldier and knowing the next guy coming out was going to be the medic shoot him so then they could wipe out the rest of everybody so oh okay so people so. kind of caught on to our how we do things so we had to kind of change you know how we did it. so we would you know come behind them with the um fly in with the chopper bring them back to our little aid station because like for the longest time we were at the border of saudi arabia and kuwait just sitting there collecting people as they got shot up and whatnot Damn. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, did you have PST? Uh, PTSD. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I mean, the, the, the military doesn't really care about your mentality. They're like, hey, okay, great, you did that. <clears throat> Back Excuse to work. Me. So, yeah, I mean, they, we had like a couple days of like debriefing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like, oh, if you got any trouble, you know. Go see these people. And this was, you know, early 90s. And you're a male in the military. You're not going to go see your freaking shrink and be like, oh, man, I can't handle it. You know, which, you know, nowadays it's more and more common, which is great because, you know, that's that's one of the biggest killers of our troops coming back is they just can't deal with coming back into society. It's, I mean, war is a different thing. I wonder why that is. Like, why? Obviously, you know, you over there killing, you have to kill people too so you don't get killed and you know you know they're freeing people and stuff and stuff like i wonder what triggers the person to have that stuff have pstd like and like you know what i'm saying i don't know what my question you know you understand what my question is you're saying why does a person get ptsd yeah from seeing war yeah like what what happens like it, you're seeing stuff you shouldn't see I mean, you're seeing people get killed. You're seeing your friends get killed. You're having to do that to other people. That's traumatic as fuck. Uh, that's not cool. Why are you I mean, yelling? It's not, I'm not yelling. I'm just saying that your questions is kind of ignorant. No, it was a good question, I thought. How do you get PTSD? I don't know. But I'm saying you're seeing something traumatic, man. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. I didn't, know what, I, I didn't know what made it If happen. you saw something traumatic happen, like say your mo- you saw your mom get raped, you don't think you're going to be traumatized by that oh you will yeah okay i understand now i didn't know that's what caused it yes that was the question relax man i'm not yelling i just think it was a stupid question it's just stuff you don't even think about you know i mean Mm. okay moving on next question please (laughs) i mean they're your questions man i'm sorry that you don't like me challenging your question continue with the podcast please i'm just gonna be over here for a second here's some tissue so how come you didn't stay in the military um, you said you did 10 years, right? Yeah. If you had done another 10 more years, you could have retired from the military. Yeah. I. It just wasn't for me. Mm. Is, it, is this is like too much rules and stuff like that? Not enough freedom or? Not so much the rules because, I mean, you know, we could kind of do, you know, what we wanted. And then they would let me go off to um do do some wrestling stuff and this and that. So, I mean, it wasn't that. It was just the the whole politics of everything. And I'm not, 
you know, I'm not a, pol- a political person. I'm, I'm pretty much at this point, it's like, let's scrap what is in there now and start fresh. I mean, this is 200 and something years. We've been following these same set of rules. The guys who made up the rules, you know, they're like, oh, let's just get free from freaking England and then see what happens from there. And we've kept the same piece of paper supposedly guiding us this whole time. And it's like, nah, this ain't working. So I'm kind of like anti-establishment on that. <laughs> so when they started getting more and more political with things and having to meet quotas for like, oh, well, we need, you know, so many females and so many uh, minorities and so many, you know, and it was all like that. They were just filling in numbers and not giving like the people who actually maybe, you know, did more than somebody else. This thing says they're just filling numbers and making this guy's constituency happy about keeping this base open and closing this base. I'm like, this is just ridiculous. I'm done. It's more about numbers and people. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. So would you would you recommend people joining the military today? Or would you be like, hey, man, you probably don't want to do that. Or you just want to use them for school like you did, you know? like. Yeah, I mean, it, that's what I tell a lot of the kids now. It's like, you know, I'm like, if you got, if you got no other option, yeah. I mean, you can do it. But, you know, here's, here's a list of jobs <laughs> that are kind of like not combat, you know, so much. Because, I mean, it, it just messes you up. That's not a normal scenario. And, you know, we, we've been at war for 20-something years now. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. People forget, you know, oh, you know, 9-11 went down. Everybody was all up in arms holding each other, you know, hey, USA. And then now they're now we're pulling out. Like, oh, wait a second. We're pulling out. We don't have a plan. But I'm like, oh, we've been there for 20 years and had not made a difference, really. No. <laughs> I, I, I was talking to somebody. Actually, I said the fights. Uh, I go, like, we were just talking, and it was on the TV, so I was like, we just talked about that. Like, they're exiting Afghanistan now, right? By mm-hmm. the 31st is what Joe Biden said. Yeah. He wants the troops all out. But now the Taliban is trying to take Kabul, I think is the city's name. I think they did take it over. Oh, they did take it? Yeah. So, like, now they're sending – they're slowing down the troop uh, coming back. But, like, I mean, the Taliban is – I don't think we've ever got rid of them in that, right? They just – they agreed on some ceasefires and stuff like that. But like those kind of things, it seems like they're never going to go away because there's always going to be people giving them money. Oh yeah. And I mean, that whole area has been fighting wars since the beginning of time. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's been holy wars and this and that. And it's, I mean, to me, I mean, I don't even, I don't really watch like national news or, or local news. Mm-hmm. I watch it for the weather and the traffic and that's it. Cause I'm like, they're going to spin it however they want to spin it. And I'm like, if I want actual news stories, I'll go to like BBC or go to Al Jazeera or something like that and get, you know, kind of more unbiased, not the American slant on everything to make it right or left. And, you know, oh, they're doing it. I'm like, who cares? The, we're all Americans. Let's do something to get this shit right. Yeah. Do you think like we should keep on going to help these other countries? Or do you, uh, or, so yeah, answer that and I got another question. I mean, the joke was when I was in the military that, you know, we're the we're the nine one one number for any country that gets in trouble. Yeah, you know, somebody they you know they step out of line or whatever, and who knows? I mean, some of these countries could have started up themselves, gotten in over their head, and we were like, oh shit, we need the United States, and so we go in there, you know, drop a couple bombs, 
everything's cool. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It, to me, it's just uh, aggravating sometimes that we get in so many different involvements. And I mean, that's just the military. I'm not even talking about like CIA and FBI. Or yeah. Throwing over governments and we don't even know about. And we just read it on news like, oh, this government is overthrown. I'm like, yeah, it's probably the CIA who did it. <laughs> so we could benefit. Do you think that we help certain countries because of their resources we can monopolize on? Oh, or, or not monopolize, but, but we can, gain from whatever the word is? I'm yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like like the Middle East War, you know, like both Gulf Wars and then uh, Afghanistan, you know, because all the oil and shit. So I, I'm it's it's got to be connected, I think, man. That's what my opinion is on it. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've only got a limited land space here, you know, and only so much of it's going to produce oil and, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, we got to reach out to these people and be like, oh, yeah, we'll help you out. You know, you do this for us, but they're always going to turn their back to the next highest bidder. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's like, you know, you never hear about... you, Or you, if you do hear about it, it's like one out of like the, all the oil tankers over there. Like, oh, yeah, the terrorists blew up one, but like then the, the U.S. military is guarding like the rest of the country's ones, you yeah. know? Like, it's like, why are they guarding that stuff? Like, what you know, it's kind of, I don't know. Tony, what do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> I just think that they don't want war to end because there's going to be a lot of people without money and jobs. I mean, everything that they do is is a, a bill attached to it. It's like that movie. I think it's War Dogs. It's with Jonah Hill. And oh, like yeah. Showing like all these different things. And they're like, what do you see? And then he's like, I see dollars. Oh, you're talking about the contracts they could bid on? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just everything is related. So, I mean, and then you obviously see how when people come back here, how they treat our veterans. Like my dad was in the Air Force and like he served 20 years and then he goes and tries to go to the VA for something. He's got to wait forever because like when he got COVID last year, like it took him forever to sit in the waiting room. And he's just like, it's a joke. Oh, yeah. That's one thing I don't understand at all is like you asking some 18 year old kid. So for your example, right? Hey, go sign here. We'll show you the world. But also do all the fucked up things while you're there for us, you know, but like, yeah, because the contract's what, four years, I think the minimum is or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's your first sign up or whatever, right? Yeah, sometimes jobs have longer ones. But, oh, okay. Yeah. But like, so yeah, do all this. We're going to send you here, 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 here. You got to see the world, but you know, like you coming back fucked up from all that. Right. So like, yeah, I don't, I don't see any person that, you know, risk their life for our country or any country for that matter that should have to, struggle once they get out of serving or they've come back, you know, disfigured or mentally, you know, not there anymore. And I don't know. I just don't think it's right. And it's just like, it's, it comes from both sides. You know, it's not just a Republican or a Democrat thing. It's like these people always say that they care about our veterans, but you don't. And that's why a lot of these people, like Mark said, you know, kill themselves or they're homeless or, you know, they're struggling with other type of issues. And, it's just, uh, it's all this, you know, lip service, you know, because if you really gave a fuck about people, you would try to do your best to help them out. You should treat them like you treat your family. That's that, that, that's also that I don't understand is like, why are they so many, so much homeless veterans and or, you know, or fucked up veterans that they just don't help because, you know, the VA is a joke here because I have a friend, he was told me like, man, sometimes you have to wait forever, man. I just go through my work stuff you know 
Oh, that's what I do. I just use my work. I don't even. And then my uncle hit me up because he was in Vietnam and he got out and he was like, you know, during that time, it wasn't cool to be like, oh, hey, I was in the army. And I, he didn't even tell anybody for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so that way he could get jobs and whatnot, because a lot of times they wouldn't even hire him being a Vietnam veteran. And, you know, I mean, you Why? still have some. Because there are baby killers and all this. Um, you know, it's just how it was spun and different things like that. And, you know, so now he's he's heavy in the VFW and stuff like that. And he called me. He's like, hey, you know, you got to get you got to get on this stuff. He's like, are you getting paid? I'm like, no, I'm not getting paid. I have service connected disability, but nothing. He's like, well, what all do you have? I'm like, oh, you know, PTSD, tinnitus, uh, two broken vertebrae. And, you know, he's like, uh, you're not getting a check. I'm like, bro, I went down there as soon as I got out and Memphis has a whole spinal cord wing at the VA here. They did the MRI and stuff like, Oh yeah, you've got two broken vertebrae. The disc in there is herniated, you know, this and that. And you, you know, we know you're losing feelings and you're on parts of your legs and whatnot. He's like, Oh, we'll get back to you. And the appointment was like two years later. Wow. For them to do a surgery on for you? No, no, no. They, I, no, they weren't going to do surgery because I was only like uh, mid twenties at that time. Oh, so it just naturally healed over time, or is it still fucked up? Oh, the disc is done. I don't know if the vertebrae have healed together or not, but yeah. I so you still lose feeling now? Yeah, like down the side of my leg here. It's like you know when your leg goes to sleep and it tingles. Yeah. So when I rub it like that, I feel that sensation all down the side of this leg. Jesus. That's like my buddy. He joined, I think my friend Courtney joined when he was like 30 something. Like he was maybe like early 30s. He joined super late. But I know he was doing like, a, I think he was like a paratrooper mm-hmm. and he was jumping out and he fucked up his knees. His knees are fucked up now. And so he like he's retired now, but it's just like he can't really do anything because yeah. he's so fucked up from, you know, doing that stuff and is it from all the repetitive landings the hard yeah. landings and then they, they make you carry those heavy packs mm, too. yeah you know it's just like those shitty boots and think about <laughs> it like that's like oh, that, that backpack okay so let's say Courtney's 175 the backpack's probably 80 to 100 right that rucksack thing yeah. and then you're coming straight down to the hard ground or you know concrete or i mean the grass whatever it's hard right yeah. so that's that's that impact even though you're a parachute on it's still gonna be right yeah, you're still hitting it pretty hard that's crazy yeah, I don't know. It's um, so the military gave him dis- disability benefits. Yeah, I guess he's, he's got disability now. But think about it, like but you have to fight for it. I mean, they're not just gonna like. Yeah, they're not gonna hand it. Yeah, no. It's like one of my one of our old employees at the, at the when we had the store. She was trying forever to get disability. And she can't even walk, you know, barely, and you know. But they would never give her fucking disability. Yeah, she's like, I this is I, you know, then what? So then fi- she finally got it after like. Five, ten years of trying. Like, it was a long time. She was in the military? Uh, no. Just regular? She was just a regular, like, yeah. disability. Yeah, the government's even worse because you've got all their paperwork to go through and everything else. It's like, it's just ridiculous. I, I wonder why it, it, it's such a long pro. why it takes so long to go through the, v, the VA, right? Veterans mm-hmm. Affairs, yeah, the VA. Just government bureaucracy because you i mean i never hear anything good about the va like people are always saying how long it takes for them to do anything i don't know it's uh 
whatever is working now is, I mean, whatever they're doing now is not working. So they obviously should, you know, work on changing it. But like I said, it's just, it doesn't matter who's in office. It just seems like the same shit. They just keep kicking the can down the road. They're not trying to actually make any real changes. You know, they, they like to promise stuff to get votes, but then once they get in there, they don't, it's not a priority. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people ask, who would you vote for? I was like, I voted for Biden, but it's it not going to make a difference because I'm. he's not going to do what he, you know, it's not going to make our lives any easier on the, where we are in life, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, and to me, the president really doesn't do a whole lot. I mean, with the executive orders, they can do some more, but still, I mean, it's to me, it's like a figurehead. That's why I vote for myself every four years. So when people say, who'd you vote for? I'm like, this guy right you here. You already write your name in? Yeah, every time. I write my name in. <laughs> That's like <fucking laughs> awesome. Well, like he's saying, though, it's true. Is like it's the local people that really make the big differences yeah. for us. It's not really, you know, Trump or Biden or whoever. They put a name in there. But the bad thing with the local people is like, I mean, a lot of people catch a name and they just keep voting that same name. Mm-hmm. And like, what has this guy done for you? Yeah, like we had a guy on here that's a friend of ours, and he ran. And there's a lady that she would always just phone in, basically her her stuff, and she never showed up for anything. And then people know her name, like you said, so they just keep voting for her. Yeah, you know, it's just like it's it's like it's just a it's a popularity contest. Well, it's like the Ford family year. Like they, there's so many of them, and all of them pretty much hold some kind of office or some kind of important role because yeah. everyone knows their name. You know, it's like. Oh, yeah. I don't know. But that's like when I first moved here. And they were like, it was, we moved here in like October, November, and the elections were going on. And they were talking about, you know, a city governor, I mean, a city mayor and a county mayor. I'm like, yeah. what the hell is, what, what the fuck oh, are they yeah. Well, they were, they've been trying, they've been, they're talking again about it, I think. Uh, you know how Nashville just has it's just it's just metro out there, just yeah. one you know instead yeah. of having Shelby County and Memphis yeah. government. Like that, I think they're talking about doing that. They're trying to make that come a year now, or they've been talking about it for a long time. They just keep on not doing it though. I mean, you have two sets of governments, it's, and neither one of them really get into the heart of issues. You know, what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, you need like the county fire, the county sheriff. You know, those kind of things you're going to need, but like a whole friggin' office of people to go through i'm like you don't need all this shit because right now we're paying two mayors you know like you just said we're mm-hmm. paying two of this two of that two of that you know every position has two because of this, this duel that's why i'm glad i just live in the county oh <laughs> so yeah. i only have one. <laughs> oh, your house is in it's not in the city uh-uh. oh i thought it was it's just shelby county mm. lucky you yeah Do you go into your questions right now? <laughs> I mean, I don't understand like why you need to ask like look up questions for people you know. <laughs> so, so <laughs> shut up. <laughs> uh, you ask you you ask a question. No, well, let's see what your next question. No, is. no, I really want to know. I'm I'm being quiet. Give no. me your next question so I can ask it. No. No, oh, it's my question. <laughs> no, uh, I had forgotten what I had written down. I, and I thought about it in the car when I was driving from Na- Fitz earlier. So who... who? So in- you were riding while you were driving Bert's car? No. I I pulled over. <laughs> okay. Sure. So who are your role models, Mark? Or your mentor? 
as you got you into wrestling and all that kind of stuff? Like, how did y'all come? How did it all come together? Well, the, I mean, my number one was my dad. I mean, that like he couldn't do any wrong. That dude. I mean, and you know, you hear a lot of people like, "Oh, my dad was great." I mean, my dad like really was when he died. Basically, the town shut down, and it's like a small town, so it's only like twenty thousand people. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they had the roads blocked off for the um, procession and all that. So I mean, we had to have two days of visitation, so people could come in and and see it because a lot of people couldn't get in just in the one six or eight hour time slot they had. So we had to do two of those, and it, you know, and I mean, the guy took me everywhere. I was really good in track. I was I was better in track than I was in wrestling. I was five foot six and white and long jumping and triple jumping and placing at national events. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, you know, they would, I mean, one year I had an international competition in New Jersey. Well, my mom had had surgery. My dad, you know, stayed home with her. So my grandparents and my aunts took me to New Jersey to go to this tournament. So we've been there, Utah. We had to go out for a national event out in Utah but like when we would go on these trips, my dad would always make it a point. Like at one, at, when we went out to Utah, he knew I was a big uh, Kansas City Royals fan at the time. Mm-hmm. So he made it made sure we drove by the stadium and got to see it, you know, and just little things like that that he took out of his time, um, you know. And, and he didn't make a lot of money, but I mean we were comfortable. But he always made sure, you know, he would come home. He would be at all the events that he could be at and stuff like that. So, I mean, that that right there is kind of like what I've tried to do, you know, with my life. It's taken me, you know, I'm 50 years old now, still learning how to do it. But, you know, that's that was the that was the big, you know, motivator for me. I was like, hey, this guy, I mean, just the people coming up and like people who knew him in high school and people who knew him, you know, after high school and what he had done, you know, in the community and stuff like that. And it was like, wow, you know, it just, it kind of hit me, but, you know, and then athletic wise, like, you know, you had your big names like Dan Gable that, you know, the guy was just dominant. He lost his last match in, in college wrestling and he trained every single day until he won a gold medal. So it's like, okay, that kind of, mentality that kind of determination that's what's going to get you to where you need to be in life you know and then so you know have my dad all the time you know set your goals you know do make out a plan to achieve your goals don't just write them down and you know do that you know have a plan to achieve them and then gable seeing what he had done and then of course carl lewis because i was in track and he did the same thing and just you know kind of you know those those are probably the three really most influential people as I was growing up. But talk, Tony, talk. <laughs> do you not have a follow-up question? What did your dad do for the town? I mean, you're not, I'm not saying like, I don't believe you. I'm just saying like, what was his profession or whatever? Like, you know. He was an accountant. Him and his brother and another guy had a um, ice cream company. Oh, nice. A little ice cream company. So, you know, of course, all of us kids, my cousins and me and my sister, we would go out there and, you know, work, you know, sometimes and stuff like that. But then he would, like, coach Little League Baseball. He's apparently in high school, he was a really amazing baseball player. But I think it was his senior year 
is when he got diagnosed with his, his kidney issue. He had to have a kidney transplant in 1972. I was one years old. In 1972, they weren't doing a whole lot of kidney transplants. Luckily, his mom was a match. Mm. So they did that. And he had that, uh, his mom's kidney for like 29 years. Wow. Yeah. And at one point he called his doctor. He's like, you know, do I need to change my medicine? And he had the same doctor from the Cleveland Clinic all the time through. And so, you know, the doctor called. He's like, he's like uh, Tim, I don't know what to tell you. He's like, I've never had someone live this long with one kidney, so we're just going to keep everything as it is. So then that one finally had, had worn out, I guess. And then so he got another transplant from his sister. Mm. So it all kind of stayed in the family. They didn't have to do a whole lot of searches for for transplants and whatnot, but you know, he, he would tell me stories about people he would see up there on dialysis and how they became really good friends and stuff like that. And, um, some different things that was going on in, in Cleveland at the time. Cause it was, you know, sixties and seventies in Cleveland, it was not the most, um, uh, racially sensitive area. <laughs> so him and his buddy who just happened to be a black guy, they went into a restaurant and my dad sat down and the lady's like, oh, well, we can serve you, but we can't serve him. Mm-hmm. He just got up and walked out. He's like, well, you ain't serving me then. Yeah. So, I mean, at the young age, I was already brought up with that kind of mentality too. So it's like, you know, that that's kind of helped me where I'm at now too. I deal with a lot of inner city kids and stuff like that. Well, not now at MUS, but before when I was at different schools and just, you know, dealing with them and, you know, being like, hey. You know, I had a guy here who showed me the way. Some of them may not, but at least I can help, you know, show them that, you know, everything is not as bad as what the news makes it out to be. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people need a figure. Like, it doesn't have to be a biological figure, but just somebody that can show them that there's more to life than what they see every day on their block or on their street or whatever. And if you have somebody that mentors you or, or shows you, like, this, there's other options in life besides, you know, some bullshit that all your other friends are going to do. And I, I'm sure it's not easy for those kids either, because, you know, if you go home and everybody's like, oh, man, come on, do this. And you're like, no, I want to go. I want to go this direction. And they're going to call you like a sellout or you know, oh, yeah. whatever. It's other bullshit. But it's just like it's like that crabs in the bucket mentality. They want to keep you down on their level instead of, you know, like, OK, man, go do some good shit. Yeah. You know, well, that's what I mean that's what's wrong with our whole, our whole society. Now everybody, everybody wants to, it's easier to bring you back down to their level Mm -hmm. than to applaud somebody for doing well. Yeah. You know, I'm like, if I have, my circle is super tight here in Memphis. I I don't get out much. I, you know, I interact with maybe, you know, a dozen people period. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Raul's going to post something on there. I'm cheering him on. I'm like, Hey, great job. When Raul, when, um, my other friend was posting this stuff up. I was like, hey, great job. It's not just like me voicing that. You know, I'm not just like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, doing it for likes or whatnot. I'm really there. Like, I'll see people running down the street. I'll yell out there, hey, good job. You know, and they're looking at me like, this guy's fucking crazy. Yeah. But I'm like, no, I'm rooting for you. If you're out there trying to make yourself better, trying to make the whole, because if, if one or two people start getting better, guess what? That's going to be the trend. Mm. All the rest of us try and get better. Yeah, People just get stuck in that mindset of, oh, this is the cards I'm dealt. This is what I got to deal with. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like uh, I saw this video one time, and this is kind of like what you were saying about you turn to beyond these these people walking down the street, and somebody said something to somebody, and you know, usually people automatically seem assume it's going to be something bad somebody's saying. They're like, "I like your outfit," yeah, and it made that person smile. And you never know if that butterfly effect will take that make that person say something to somebody else, and then you know, just keep going on and on. If you breed positivity, hopefully, it should flourish. Yeah, and it's I mean it's going to take, you know, three, four, five times more positive than negative. Yeah. Negative is just easier to deal with because, you know, that's all we see pretty much on the news. You watch you watch the news and you're just like, oh, my God, we live in the worst place ever. You know, the world's coming to an end. And, mm-hmm. But, you know, you get out there and make a difference and just most of it is people's mindsets. They don't have that positive mental attitude, but they also don't know how to get that positive mental attitude. So, you know— it's not something you can really like teach, but to me, I try and lead it by example, Yeah, you know, and, and just be like, Hey, and that's why I was like, you know what? I can't be out here coaching kids and being, you know, morbidly obese. This is not, this is not, doesn't add up. These kids are like, Oh, well, his fat ass is over here. Just telling us what to do. I'm like, okay, I'm going to fix that. And then, you know, lead by I, example. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like they uh, where they say like it like some trainers are out of shape, and it's like how are you going to be in worse shape than your client? Yeah, my you friend know? told me. Yeah, I, I remember that one guy. Yeah. <laughs> so my friend, so Nick was telling me the other day, he's like, "Dude, you should be a trainer." And I was like, well, "Why you say that?" Because we were just talking, you know, bullshitting, yeah. and he was like, "Because you you have it." Like you, you know what you know what's going on. You know how to do it and stuff like that. And, I, and I, you know, I always joked, joked around just saying that I'm gonna be a trainer. That yeah. is. But like, I don't know. But like, I was like, I gotta get in better shape than to be a trainer, right? Like, mm-hmm. I got I can't be bigger than most of my cus my clients or whatever, right? But then again, I have a friend uh, that's a trainer here in town, and he's big as shit, and he's and he's all his people are normal, you know, yeah. or not normal size, but like you know, regular sized, but like. I'm like, how do they? How are they listening to him? You know, yeah. like, what what credential does he have that you know he's that he's these people are seeing seeing results from nothing from him? You know, like, yeah. So. Well, that's the thing is, so many people are caught up on like, oh, are, do you have this certification? Do you have this certification? Whatever. Like, you know, when I started posting stuff about how I changed, you know, people were hitting me up like, hey, when are you gonna start your own gym? When are you gonna do this? I'm like. I'm just a man out here trying to make it, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to do all that, but more and more people do it. I'm like, you know, they might be onto something. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also like when people hit, hit you up, like they'll ask you, how did you do it? You know? And then you'll be like, Oh, I did this, this, this is what I'm do- currently doing. I'm still working on it. But then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but how, how, how did you get there? So like, how did you get where you are right now? Like that, that's what I'm telling you. That's yeah. the process. Like it doesn't, not a magic pill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and then then you you know they always hit me up too about that, and then like you don't ever see him do anything about it. Like I literally just fucking spent ten minutes texting you or on Facebook Messenger or Instagram telling you how to do it, and then you don't do anything. Yeah, but like, mm-hmm. so what made you decide that you wanted to start working out? It was like September of last year, right? And I was turning fifty in January. Yeah, I remember. So we were like, at Shelby Farms and we were talking about yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I'm done with this. But back in, I think it was 2018 or 2018, yeah. 
I went to Elite, and the the Tina down there, she called me like the next day, like call me at home. I'm like, I didn't know the number, so I didn't answer it, and left a voicemail like, um, we need to see you like immediately, because she like my, I guess my blood sugar is real high, and you know all this and that, and I'm like, oh shit, I didn't even know. So you know, I went through that, and I lost you know. Cause I was like two fifty, two sixty at that time, and so I lost like twenty, thirty pounds. And kept it off for a couple of years, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to rely on on the medicine and stuff. The medicine did help, you know, get me over that big hump, and then just quit drinking. Quit, you know, I did, like was like fuck everybody else. I'm doing this for this guy and my wife and daughter, and that's it. You know, I mean, granted, the the other kids that I associate with, they, you know, they played in my mind too. But yeah, that I was like, I'm about to be 50. I may not make it to 60 if I keep up the way I'm going. And so I was like, I got to do something. So now I hit 50. I'm like, fuck it. I'm in good shape. I'm going to go for another 50. See what happens. (laughs) Why are you always staring at me like that? (laughs) I just wonder what's going on through your head. I'm, I'm like looking at you, and you're like, "There's something I'm assuming firing off in there." So, God, I hate, I hate the year. I hate a year. <laughs> uh, Mark, tell us about, tell us me, tell me what you do. Like, tell me some of your workouts or something like that. Like, how did you, how did you take your weight off, or how did you change in your diet and stuff like that? Yeah, so I, a friend of mine, um, uh, Carl and Allie, there, I work with Allie, and I've known her mom. I've known. Allie, almost all of her life because I worked with her mom at mm-hmm. my company for 20 years. And I saw Carl, and he was a bigger guy too. And he, uh, I saw him just start losing weight. So I'm like, bro, what are you doing? He's like, oh, man, I'm just doing keto. And so I started looking into it. And when I first started, I was strict, like mm-hmm. seven days a week, every single day, hitting my macros, doing this, doing that. you know. And I'm like, I mean, it is like, Started just dropping, started dropping. You know, and I grew up on a scale. That's how I was, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And so my wife would give me shit all the time because I would like, I would check my weight in the morning. I'd go do a workout, check my weight again. She's like, why are you always on this? I'm like, I grew up on a scale. I'm like, that's my amazement. She's like, your clothes, how your clothes fit, how you do this, that's, that's the amazement. I'm like, yeah, I see all that on there. But it's just mentally... Yeah, you know, that's that's my measurement because I had to weigh in, you know, two or three times a week, and you know, progressing yeah, and stuff. I, but, um, sorry, continue, Paul. But yeah, that 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 diet, and to me now, it's not even a diet; it's just a way of life, like cutting out the sugars, cutting back on the carbs, you know, eating the right fats and the right proteins and stuff like that. So now I've kind of adjusted a little bit and have more protein and a little bit more carbs in there, and have a cheat day, you know. Once every couple of weeks or something like that. Yeah. If, and it's not even like a cheat day. It may be like a cheat meal because most of the time I just do one meal a day. And it's just, you know, I, by drinking the water and stuff, drinking at least a gallon of water a day, most of the times it's closer to two gallons a day. But that keeps me full. And then I just stay busy, you know. And then, you know, I'll go do my work. When For I get one hour a day. <laughs> <laughs> I do my work as I'm assigned work schedules <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so then i'll come home and do my workout and coach myers from um uh, max effort and old school gym up in ohio he was the um well i think he still is the strength and condition coach for ohio state wrestling in the um 
Ohio Regional Training Center for the Olympic um, Training Center in Ohio there. And he has all these programs, and, you know, we were in friggin' lockdown. I'm like, oh, shit, I can't go to the gym and do anything in there. So I bought a cheap bike on uh, Amazon. I I like I really like your bike. I saw that. Yeah, and it just and then I I just started doing his plans, and then you know he had one that I really jumped it with. It was a 28 day shred. It was, uh, every single day it was like just death. But I would get up the next morning excited, knowing at the end of the day I had that chance of death awaiting me. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that that kind of you know you ha- you have to change your mindset. But and a lot of people won't do it, and so it's like you know, like you said, you tell people and tell people what you do and how you do it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's a lot of work." It's it it, it irritates the fuck out of me. Yeah, like it really makes me mad that I actually took the time because I'm not, you know, I don't, and it's me, you know, like come on, let's get real. Yeah, like I took the time out of my time from doing nothing to talk to you, <laughs> you know, and yeah. tell you, and then you just don't. I mean, so what about if you hit somebody up and asked them how to start a vlog, and they took time? to give you like what camera you need to buy and how to do all this stuff. And then you don't do it. How does that person feel? What are you talking about? <laughs> Remember when you hit Dan up and Dan took the time. Oh yeah. So he told me like to buy like, a $2,000 camera. I'm like, no, like, no, I don't wow. need that. Oh, you forgot about my YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I forgot. See, I forgot about my YouTube channel. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It was you're just, those people you're talking shit about. Yeah, but, you know, I appreciate Dan. Dan, thank you for. Uh, and, like, even you with your weight loss stuff, it's like it took you a minute to get to that point. It's you just, like Mark said, you got to get in that mindset. Oh, if you're not mentally prepared, no, you're not you're going right. to do anything. So I was talking to Damien last night. He said, What's up, by the way? Um, I was talking to him last night at the fights, and oh, I'm sorry, this was before the pay per view started. Uh, we we're just bullshitting, and. He's like, yeah, man, you know, I'm doing this right now. I'm doing this. It's like, so how do you get ready for it? And he's like, so, or or you just jump into it. He's like, no. So the week before I actually start training, I do a ment- I get mentally ready. He's like, I start eating clean again. I start, you know, I, you know, I'm doing everything I need to get used to. So when I start, I, when I start, I'll be where I need to be. That's what he does. Yeah. So it's a week before when he actually starts his training and stuff like that is when he starts. I think he's a lot like that with any like intense training that you're doing. I mean, you can't just jump in, but, Oh, I want, I saw Mark do this. I saw Raul do that. I'm just going to jump in and do it. I'm like, brother, (laughs) you get, if you're not mentally ready and that's one big thing that's helped by growing up as a wrestler and growing up in that, high level sports thing is like if you don't look forward to being in those dark places, when you get in those dark places, you're not going to excel. When you forget the joy of, of the reward and you're just doing it for the reward, you lose, you lose your mind in it. If that makes sense. But what you get, you know, think about this, these kids in high school, they're waking up five or six in the morning going to school all day, doing the, doing the menial tasks, you know, whatever the teachers tell them. They get home to practice. They come to practice, right? We're in there for two hours or so at practice, right? If they got to cut weight, they got to do this. They want, you know, do some extra work. That's added on. And, and unless you're coming in looking forward to that time, you're just going to be pretty much average. 
If you go out and you, you know, you wake up in the day and this is how I would look at it. I would wake up in the day and be like, oh man, I got this coming up. Oh yeah, it's going to be brutal, but I'm going to get better. So every time I look at something like that, it's like, here's, here's another chance for me to get better and, and, you know, work through it. Cause I mean, wrestling is not a sport that you're going to have a lot of fanfare. People aren't going to show up and cheer you on and this and that. I mean, you know, when I was joking with my wife, she's like, what do you think about these wrestlers in the Olympics? I'm like, we're used to have, not having crowds. <laughs> it's, like, so it's, it's no big deal. I mean, you know, but I mean, it's obviously different in other countries like Iran and India and, and um, Pakistan, some of those countries like that. Wrestling is very big. So, you know, it might have affected them different. But yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. You're just, you're looking all this work. This is what I did. This is what I worked for. You know, and, and if you don't, and, you know, that you hear it all the time. It's like, oh, championships are built, you know, for this. And championships are built through this way. And wrestling is a thing that, you know, summer wrestling leads to winter champions. So if you're not wrestling in the summer at, free, at the folk style or the um, freestyle and Greco tournaments all over the country, you know, you're missing out on hours of mat time. Or you might not be any good, but guess what? You're going to get better because you've been out there and, and getting different feels from kids across the country and stuff like that. And, and you pick up and learn from it, you know? So what do you think about when people say that keto's stupid and you shouldn't do it? It's bad for you. I just say that's your choice. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and preach to somebody like, Oh, this is what I did. You got to do this. It worked for me. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was, I was 240 pounds in September and you know, I'm walking around about 165, 170 now. Damn. Impressive, man. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I just don't like when people are like, oh, like, that's a bad diet. But but, you, but you're not doing anything. So what difference does it make what my diet is? Yeah. Like, you yeah, just worry about yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's like, because, you know, some people want to know exactly, like, what I'm doing. And I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. This, this is what I'm going to eat tonight. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, oh, you don't count, like, uh, your calories and all that stuff. I was like, no, because I'm eating one meal, and it's going to be within, uh, for the day, I'm going to be within 20 or 25 carbs. Yeah. That's all I'm concerned about is my carb. Were you making it, when, when if you don't understand macros and you try to start doing macros all of a sudden, I don't even know how to do it, really, right? Because it's, you know, whatever the breakdown is, is, you know, fat, protein, and yeah. uh, uh, carb, right? Like, it just confuses, it's just confusing for people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just like, I don't even know what my macros are supposed to be, to be honest with you. I just know what my fucking carbs is going to be for the day. That's it. Yeah. But like, because then I'll start talking about all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, you don't need to worry about it. You're not a fucking, you're not, you're not a professional athlete or anything like that. We don't have to worry about stuff like that. Those are for those guys. We're not, we're not bulking right now. You're not doing any of that stuff. Yeah. And you, you know, and then you see like the rock out there and he's eating, you know, 6,000 calories a day. Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, The Rock is burning off like 10,000 calories yeah, a day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you go and try and lift that heavy weight with him someday. Go ahead. <laughs> but you know, The Rock, so um, The Rock says that he works out two times. This is one of his things. He said works out twice before most people even get up for the day. Yeah. Because he starts his cardio at four, usually when he's training for like a movie or something. And then he'll have breakfast, and then he'll go do his weight training somewhere, wherever he's supposed to go to do that. 4 a.m. is the trick. Yeah. 4 a.m. is the trick. A lot of There's a lot of gyms and stuff that have a 4 a.m. workout because 
you're getting up at 4 a.m. You're making a sacrifice, right, on your body, on your on your time, but you're starting four hours before most of the, the rest of the society. You're mm-hmm. getting that jump. Millionaires that are out here, I guarantee you they didn't just go in eight to five. No. They're up grinding all night, all day. You know I mean? Yeah, you do need rest. Your body needs to rest, but go to bed earlier. My wife, my wife gives me shit all the time because it's like 9, 30, 10 o'clock. I'm done. You know, I'll just fall asleep sitting there in the chair. <laughs> She'll be talking to me. She's like, why are you asleep? So I'm like, because while you were still in bed until 8 o'clock, I was up here doing my cardio and doing all this mm-hmm. other stuff, you know. So, yeah, it's just it's another thing with the, with the mentality, you know. If, you, if, if it's in you, if it's in your, you know, if you make yourself do it. So it's kind of also like, you know, for me, when I'm on, I'm on, right? Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm fucking folk. I'm dialed in, right? I'm, yeah. I'm good. But like, so it doesn't really affect me that bad. But like, if I work out in the morning, that's already the best decision I've made for my first decision. So then my other choices are going to be solid too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you've already done your workout, you're more than likely not going to cheat on your diet if you've already done your workout. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, damn, I just, I just did this. Uh, I'm going to pass on this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's okay. I'll maybe next time or something like that. But like, but if you didn't already do your workout, then you're going to be like, oh, you know what? Uh, and then is he, uh, you just kick it down the road. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll get to it. And then you get home, you're like, oh, I'm too tired to do my workout. And you're like, what? So you just ruined a whole day. Yeah. You know, but uh, that's again, you know, just people with weak minds, weak mental attitudes, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, that's a game changer. Like, so yesterday at the buffet, I, I went in the, uh, like around 10 yeah. or nine, I think it was to get like eggs, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. So I could say on keto, yeah. even though I didn't fucking go off I'm on ketosis because of Friday or whatever. Right. Yeah. But like, <laughs> But I still was making those decisions, but there was nothing. To, there was no, they didn't do breakfast. They, I missed it or something. There wasn't, it was just regular food. I was like, oh, I'm good. And yeah. I, I just went back to the hotel. And I, I mean, I ate one time yesterday, yeah. you know, so instead, like, so. It's just one of those things that you're going to try, you you want to do it and you do it. Yeah. Whenever you're able to do it is when you do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I worked out three, two times in the morning last week. Because I had other shit to do for, for the fights at night. Yeah, that's why I wanted to knock it out. Plus, I didn't want to miss my 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 post for the day. You know <laughs> Get all your fans lined up. So today is mm-hmm. actually three weeks in now on the the forty two days. Today yeah, twenty first day. And so, you got your workout in. Yep. So what happens after the forty two days? Probably three month binger. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, nothing. I'm just. I'm at actually. I, don't hold me to this, but I might actually keep it going f- for just, you know, yeah. just longer of the, of the days. Yeah. Cause I've got two weeks left of you, this program. You've done the 28 shred twice now, right? I've done it probably like four or five times total. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So you just keep on recycling starting. Well, you know, I'll do it. And then every time after I finish programming, I'll take two weeks and just do maybe like push-ups and sit-ups, you know, just something. And of course, my daily cardio. Do twenty minutes of daily cardio on the bike. Yeah, yeah. Or I'll take the dog for a walk, if you know, something like that. But, and that's huge, right there. The people, people really don't believe me when I say that 
I really just walk usually yeah. for my car. Like, you know, like they don't believe that. They want me to tell them like, but right now I'm doing 30 to 40 on the elliptical at the gym yeah. uh, after weights, right? Because that's part of the program I'm yeah. doing. But like, if, but like if I do weights and then I go just go walk at Shelby Farms, that, that yeah. counts, right? Because we did that after we worked at Jared's thing, yeah. the Jared's class, because we now have to get my, I have to get my 10,000 for yeah. the day. And I know going around the lake one time will be like good 7,000 steps. Because what is, what is 10,000 steps? How many it's, miles? It's about, it's roughly five miles. So five miles. Okay. So this is what I always do. Like when I'm driving down the road, right? I'll see something. They'll be like, oh, that's five miles away. And I'm like, Holy shit, that's a long way even driving. And people are out here just walking it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. When well, me and Kelly were walking all the time, dude, yeah. I remember there was that on some Saturdays, I would walk, uh, I, would, I mean, I would be like 19 miles for the day. Bro, that one day we walked a whole farm. I thought I was going to die. Oh, the first time we went out <laughs> yes. there. Yeah. Dude, we went from fucking the lake and I wanted to go see the horses by the fencing, you know? So we went the long way. We started walking back there, and then we started. We fed the horses because we saw them on the fence line. And then, I mean, it was like fucking like eight miles. I think. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, I gotta go. And it, was, it was hot. <laughs> yeah, and you missed the sunrise too. Stupid fucking <laughs> stupid ass. <laughs> but then also, I remember it you was last. You have a compass on your phone. <laughs> the fuck does that mean? <laughs> It'll tell you where the sun's coming up at. It always comes up in the east. I don't know if you know this or not. See, I didn't know that. <laughs> you don't know where the sun rises and I'm sun kid- sets? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know the fucking sun comes from this side and goes like this. Where does okay. the sun rise at? What do you mean? What direction does the sun rise? Up. <laughs> wow, you really the are east- dumb. East- from the east side. Because when I'm when I'm when I'm closer on my route that side, I see the sunrise when I'm driving to work. But why didn't you say east? <laughs> That's all obvious. How's it obvious? <laughs> you didn't say it. You said up. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I mean. It comes. No, like this. I don't. It comes like this, and then it goes down like this from the east to the west. That's right. Yeah. Up down. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> You're one of the dumbest people I've ever met in my entire life. But you think you're the smartest person in the room, though. That's what kills me about you. Mm. I'm smarter than both of y'all. <laughs> God bless. What other questions do you have? Nothing. Oh, is that it? That's it. Yeah. I'm going to go Google <laughs> the sun now. <laughs> Make sure you look it on the round earth, not the flat earth. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you got anything? I do. Um, so, Raul, once you do your 42 days, are you going to just take a break, or is it a next challenge after that? Hmm. The fuck are you looking at, man? You look like him now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting. So, I'll create something else. Right off. I mean, yeah. So, I'll probably... After so forty two days, uh, I'll probably when's the forty two day or forty second day. You've been hanging out with him too long. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's September seventh or something like that, or fifth or something like that. So three weeks left. Yeah. So, so the next three weeks, I'm turning up a little bit. Uh, 
I'm definitely I'm uh, uh I'm not drinking for the three weeks. The fuck, Mark? <laughs> like I'm really not. I'm really not. And um I'm a side I'm I'm a definitely I'm definitely gonna be I'm gonna do twenty or less carbs for the for those three weeks. Now people people may think I'm stupid when I say that, but it's actually when you know what when you learn how to do it, like Mark and I do, we know what we can eat. And we you just you just have to look at the the back because just because it says keto on it does not mean it's fucking gonna keep you in your macro. If you're gonna keep you under twenty five carbs for the day. Because I saw a candy bar the other day that said keto bar, and I looked at it and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." And I thought, you know, I was gonna look at it bef- the yeah. back of it before, regardless. On the back, it says per serving instead of the, the bar is like a regular candy bar size, yeah. But it had its serving size three, right? So it has fifteen. Uh, it had fifteen carbs in the candy bar for instead the whole, for the whole what thing. Is this is a Willy Wonka candy bar. How big is it? <laughs> no, I'm serious. It, it's literally like you know, like like a Hershey bar. Yeah, like it's the size of the Hershey bar. Just a regular standard candy bar. I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, see, people don't look at it. They would have seen the word keto on there. Yeah, and then they would have bought it. Well, and it's then, obviously marketing, right? Yeah, but like, so there's a lot of products out there that have some kind of keto wording on there, but it, if you actually look at it, it's really not. He's going to throw you out of ketosis and it's going to fuck you up. Yeah. What's your goal in the 42 days? Oh, just to, just to, to, to get as low as I can weight wise and build. Yeah. Someone did tell me yesterday. I look like I put some muscle on though. That made <laughs> me feel really good. It makes a difference. It was a guy. So, yeah. Well, of course. And Damien? <laughs> oh, no, Damien. Oh, my God, y'all. So just beep the name in a second, okay? When, you, when you're doing the editing, this is going to be great. So Damien. Well, why don't you just not say the name? Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. No, no, I want I the beep because the beep is going to be funnier. Okay, so like Damien it, uh, comes, um, he's at the fights, and he's like, man, you look smaller and smaller every time I see you, and you look actually younger. Hmm. And then he said, <laughs> then he said, look, then he goes, then he goes, but man, mate, why are you looking so old today? <laughs> you should have seen, he's like, you look, you look older. He said this to you? No. He said this to our friend that you uh. don't want me to say his name. <laughs> and you should have seen his look. He's like, hmm. You got sad looking. He's like, oh, oh, okay. Good to see you too, man. That was, it was Whoa, so. how, does, how do you look younger than whoever this person you're talking about is? No, he said, I just look younger, like, because I shaved my beard, you know, and. Um, that did make a difference. And, like, um, because my beard is, like, what, 88% white now, right? And, like, I don't know. So, uh, and he said, his, and he's like, man, yeah, you look great. And every time I see you, you look smaller every time. And you look younger today. And. Hey, mate, why you look so old today? <laughs> Dude. Was he joking? No, he was dead serious. Damn. He's like, you're looking, uh, you just look older today. You just look older now. Like, Is this know? your dad he's talking about? Yes. Oh. <laughs> That's so fucking funny, dude. Yeah. Maybe guy. he was stressed. <laughs> you're probably stressing the fuck out of him, man. No, he wasn't even at the fights. He only showed up at like 830. <laughs> so, yeah. How is your workouts going on, Tony? They're going good. Yeah. I've been going every day, and I'm just—I hate it. Uh-huh. I hate every minute of it, man. But I know. Go... I was talking. Uh, that's why I stopped. I just, 
you know, but I just know I want to achieve something. And then, like, when I'm doing it, I have to, you know, kill my inner bitch and be like, just keep fucking going, man. It's like, because there's another alternative of just sitting there and not doing anything and then stopping where you started. And then you're going to be, you know, even if you stop where you started, you're better off than when you first started. So you might as well just keep going and then see what what happens after that. Because as you get older, man, it's not easy to to be motivated to lose weight. Sometimes it's just like. You know, like when you're younger, you're like, I got to do this to get girls or blah, blah, blah. And it's just like when you get older, you're like, I don't really give a fuck about, yeah. you know, women as far as that part goes. But, you know, like what I said on the last podcast about how many summers do you have left? It's like, do you want to end your summers because you're being lazy? And it's like, no, because when you start like when you're young, you really don't consider how great life can be. When you start getting older, you're like, man, you know, like there's more stuff I want to do. How much weight have you lost? I don't know. Oh, you haven't weighed yourself? Why are you trying to be like me? I definitely don't want to be like <laughs> you, man. There's nothing you have that I want. I mean, dang, he's always staring at me and shit. Like, yeah, he walks around with his shirt off, and I'm like, bro, man, put some clothes on, it's man. Shirtless summer. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Thank do, you that, do that. Keep that in your fucking room, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you going to come and do Jared's class with us? I'll go eventually. What's your... what's you getting mentally ready for it or something? Yeah, or? I'm like Damien. I got to prepare. Man. <laughs> oh yeah, go a couple of weeks out. Yeah, so I don't weigh myself. So I remember you always know, telling me like, yeah, I just weighed this. Level. I weighed this this morning yesterday. I was, I was like, dude, yeah. you just weighed yourself like two days ago. Like your wife says, you know. Yeah. Like I was like, what the fuck? He's like, no, I'm, I'm just this is what I do. I was like, yeah. oh okay. Well, yeah. So I weighed myself in the beginning, and now I'm just gonna wait till I'm done and check it again. See when. Yeah. I mean, it, that's a lot of people that are like. Oh, it's not, you know, the number, it's how, how your clothes fit and how to, like last night, you know, I had a tight shirt on, but it, it was a small men's small shirt. Last summer I was wearing two X shirts mm-hmm. and now, I mean, I wore the small on purpose because, well, you know, drink your water away from the microphone. Man. <laughs> it's like whistling into it. I wanted to show out a little bit because I put in a lot of work. I'm like, you know what? I don't give a shit what people think. I'm going to wear what I want to wear. I'm the one who put in all this work. I'm the one who, you know, changed my entire life to get this way. I'm a, I'm proud of it. So, yeah, it's like, I saw Ralph post this picture yesterday. He's wearing these baggy ass clothes. I'm like, dude, man, like get some clothes that fit, man. Like you're not, I think it's more of a mental thing. Honestly, yeah. Cause I know when he told me the first time he lost weight, this is like 2007 to 2010. What are you giving me that stank face for? Man? I'm just giving a stupid story you want to tell. <laughs> he was like, I still feel big. Yeah. You know, so it's like if you don't change, if you can't fix that mental side of you, it's always going to be like this weight holding you down, I would imagine. So you're always going to be trying to cover yourself up, you know, and it's like you said, like, if you work so hard, man, like, who gives a fuck what somebody else thinks? Like, that's your body. Yo, yeah. I was... Working I'm out. I'm talking about with him now. I know, but I was working out. Those are my. But workout your clothes, clothes are big, man. Those are my workout clothes. You saw one of the picture I posted yesterday from yeah. the Fitz gym. But I mean, you act like you're poor, like the way you dress. And then, like, and then, like, he's like, he's like, hey, I've been taking pretty women shopping. Like, are you feeling okay? Because you never complimented me on anything. You gave me a compliment yesterday on the on that picture. I didn't give you a compliment. I'm just saying, like, why do you? Well, I did. I'm, I'm saying I wasn't dissing you. I'm just saying I don't understand no, why I know you, you wear big clothes. Mark, are my clothes big on me or something? Yeah, but I had the same thing. Like, I would, you know, I would still wear my baggy shirts and baggy shorts. 
And then finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going with my thigh hugger shorts and my tank tops. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. I'm going all in. Oh, you should see Mark at the, at the yoga class we ha- we do together. He's, he's shorts, a short, 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 short. Well, it's shorts. like I saw one time is like, they're not shorts if they're not short. Yeah. Dude, yeah. he's short. It's literally, it comes like this much of his thigh. Does it turn you on? It does. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't face him when he's doing it because I might, just, I might you know, get a chub going on. No wonder you always get behind me. <laughs> <laughs> the class is getting big. There yeah. was like 14 people there today. That yeah, was good. It was a good class. But yeah, you should buy some clothes that fit you, man. Mm. Dude, it's a big it's a I'm big never, ever, ever going to dress like BP, okay, when I, at work. Remember how he used to say, oh. our friend Barry, you know. He, oh, yeah. You should see how he dresses at work, Mark. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? How are you a salesperson? <laughs> I'm good at what I do. It's my persona. I mean, you sell Bud Light, man. It sells yeah. itself. No, it does not sell itself. Okay? The displays and stuff like that, I have to sell in to my accounts. I have to convince them. That I have to go set up. I have to convince them <laughs> that they they need more beer in the store when they really <laughs> Don't need more beer. Yeah. That's hot. That's but I'm just I'm saying, like, just for yourself, why would you not want to dress better? Like, you might attract some women if you dress better. I got good, good going out clothes. I looked good last night, didn't I, Mark? Yeah. But I'm saying, why would you not want to dress like that all the time? Ugh. I know. That's not my thing. I mean, you're always out and about. Like, some of the places that you're probably running to women the most is, like, grocery stores, gas stations, and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And if they see you dressed like a fucking slob, man, they're going to be like, oh, that man doesn't care about himself, so why would I want to put some time into him? And then they can't see what you look like. Yeah. You're still going to be going around baggy like, oh, this mm. dude's just a I'll, I'll consider. I'll consider what y'all guys are saying. I mean, there's Thank like, you. you need to do the George Costanza, man. Do the complete opposite of everything you've ever done in your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they the uh my girl at work, she was on me all the time. She's like, why are you still wearing those baggy clothes? You know, and then, and then with the max effort stuff, they'd always send me, you know, T-shirts and hoodies and stuff like that. And I would get large, you know, hoodies and shit. She's like, why are you wearing large hoodies? You're not, you're not in the large anymore. It's like, get a medium hoodie. Get, you know, do this. So I started doing it. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. And, and to me, it made me feel better about myself. Because yeah. then I'm going out and I'm like, I'm looking in the mirror. I'm like, Oh. You're looking really buff last night. I did that on purpose. You. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I mean, that's I what think... I was doing. When I took that picture of you and uh, our uh, friend. I know. I, I was staring at you the whole fight. But I think it's true. Like, I mean, if you exude confidence, people can see that, man. Like, if you come out like with your shoulders down and you're wearing these big ass clothes, you don't throw off confidence, and most women are not going to be attracted to that. That's just being honest. But do you know what? Last night I noticed. You walked around more with your head up and looking around than you normally do when I see you out at the fights and stuff. Because most of the time you're just kind of like, oh, you know, moping around when you're walking around. Like last night, every time I would look over, here's where I would like, oh, smiling and like, hey, you know, doing it. I'm like, oh, this is a whole different person than it was just, you know, huh, what, a year know, ago or something. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't notice that. Yeah. But I think, too, with the fights, it kind of gives Raul a purpose. Yeah. You know, like he likes being a dictator or like, (laughs) you know, telling people what to do. So I think that in itself is something that he feeds off also. Yeah. So like when you have a purpose and you have this, it gives you, you throw off an air, you know, and that's why a lot of women are attracted to powerful men. 
you don't even have to be the best looking guy in the world, but if you can throw off this this vibe that you have something going for yourself, you know, they're going to be more willing to invest in you. Mm. Like when your Joanna man told you that she liked <laughs> uh, fucking alpha males. Shut the fuck up, Mark. <laughs> the podcast is over. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could have been bumping uglies with Joanna man if you would have. There's so some more confidence. So out you're there. an alpha male. Yeah, of course. Okay. I don't think so. Well, that's your opinion. And you're, <laughs> and you're entitled to it. Um, there's, there's a sub, there's a one above an alpha male. Have y'all heard this? It's Mark. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's like, I forget what it's called, but I heard it on the radio the other day. They, were, they said there's a, some kind of something male. You yeah. Know? I don't know. I think there's so many aspects of being a man. Like you can be feminine, still be a man. You can be super dominant be a man like i i think these old archaic ways of thinking what a man is is so ridiculous it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier when people come out of the military and they don't want to talk about something because it's not manly manly to talk about that and it's just like come on now we all go through different emotions yeah you know so i don't think there's this thing where you should just be like you know grunting yeah. at fucking women you know it's just like <laughs> <laughs> like that like one guy in class yeah. And you're like, yeah, it's, it, it helps his breathing. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that. But like, yeah. What was he talking about? I just had something good. Come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you ruin a flow to be like, oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the thing too. Is like, you know, people for the longest time, like, oh, women have had it rough and women have had it rough. Yeah, they have. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they had to have a whole suffrage movement to even just vote. Yeah. You know, I mean, but on the flip side of that, it's not it's not easy being a man. I mean, no. you got to freaking provide for your family. You got, you know, the hunter gatherer mentality. You've got, you know, you've got all these people relying on you, but you don't have anybody you can talk to about it. Like, oh, man, you know, I didn't I didn't do this. You know, so now we're suffering from the you can't tell anybody that you just bury it down and then bury it down and Next thing you know, you just snap. Yeah. Like, That's what they say. A lot of men commit suicide. You know, it's just like there's no other outlet. You know, it's in like and then sometimes like there are some men that do talk to people about it and people judge them. Yeah. Or like their wife will think they're weak because they're talking about something. And it's like I'm trying to be vulnerable with you and you're going to use it against me. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just like, oh, let me just let me just tuck it in. And it's like, that's not good. Because like you said, they're just going to blow up eventually. I mean, you can only have like a level of holding stuff down before it's going to come out in some way, shape, or form. That's where I've been fortunate because my wife, thirty years now, she's been she has been the one who's actually molded me into who I am because mm. she saw what my dad was, yeah, and she's like, "You can be that," and I, you know, to me, that was always out of my reach. I'm like, yeah. That's, "This guy's way up here, and I'm just the fuck up down here." And, but she saw it, and then you know she's always been supporting me. And when I when I quit drinking, she's like, you know what? That's the best thing. Now look, I mean, you know, everything's flourishing, and you know we can talk about anything we want. You know, we're just very open. You know, going back and forth, and she supports me. I mean, she's she's been a wrestling widow for twenty years now, almost. Mm. So she knows from you know November until February, I'm not coming home till. Nine ten o'clock at night. 
when I, especially when I used to have to run the kids home and stuff like that all the time. And, you know, I didn't, when I'd come home, I'd be, you know, people would text me and be like, Hey coach, blah, blah, you know, this and that. And she knew that that was my time. And she, she'd never even got interested in wrestling. I started coaching this girl and all of a sudden, you know, she's doing well. Now her ass wants to watch, but only when Maggie is wrestling, not when freaking, you know, I'm coaching. (laughs) But yeah, it's just, I've been very fortunate, you know, and then, and she stuck with me all these years and, and put up, I mean, we we had nothing when we first got married. I Mm -hmm. came home from the golf and called home and she said, oh yeah, we're getting married in two weeks. Cause we were supposed to get married before the Gulf War broke mm-hmm. out. So I got home, you know, did all that. We got married. Our, our honeymoon was basically going back to California from Ohio. And so, you know, we did that. We, I mean, you know, we we're 18, 19, 20 years old and living 3000 miles away from family Yeah, starting out. And so, you know, we kind of just made ourselves. And now when we're staying down here in Memphis, it's just, we've had our own little Island. So it's just been us, you know, and, you know, without that, you know, I don't know, you know, if I could have made it myself. So, yeah, I think it's good to have a good support system, especially like that's what they say. You should marry your best friend. You yeah. know, like, you know, you'll have somebody that it's like that iron sharpens, sharpens iron type mentality. Or like if you have somebody that you can feed off of instead of somebody like some people have it where the other person's tearing them down or gaslighting them and all this other kind of shit. And it's yeah. just like, that's not healthy. You know, that's not something you want to go home to. Yeah. But like you were saying about your dad, though, um, I have a friend of mine and he's always talking about like, like somebody else as far as stories goes, but he's never. Like he built like he's built up his dad to be this great figure. But then this was like, don't you want your kids to have that same kind of mentality about you? You know, I think some of us sometimes always want to live in somebody else's shadows. We don't want to step out and be that that figure. Yeah. And so that's why I think it's like, do you want to be the man in the shadows or do you want to be the man people talk about? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's like, you know, with these kids growing up and all of a sudden, you know, Father's Day comes around. And I get, you know, messages and my daughter comes over and stuff like that. But then, you know, six or eight sometimes up to 10 kids that I just coached one time, like, Hey, happy father's day pops and mm. stuff like that. You know, and I was like, oh, wow. Nice. You yeah. know, and I, I'm just coaching wrestling Yeah, to me, but you know, somebody spending them time and just talking to them sometimes that's, you know, and it, I don't even think of it at this point, you know, and it's just, you know, the same thing with, with um, Maggie. Now she's, she just started doing freestyle this, you know, after, the wrestling season ended in February and shit, she goes down to Pan Am's and gets second place. Wow. But she got that confidence. Yeah. You know, and then people around her were, you know, believing in her and said, Hey, you can do this. So yeah, she's, she's going to go far. <laughs> yeah. I think I wish that's something you could just instill in somebody. Cause it's, it's obvious like when you see something that somebody doesn't see in themselves, and then you try to help them get to it. Like that's one of the most beautiful things you can do. I think as far as like being a human being is try to make somebody elevate them and, and see more of their potential in themselves. Like we were talking about this in the last one where you're like telling where you tell somebody to do something. And they're like, oh, I can't do that. Yeah. It's like, why not? You didn't even try. 
And then, like, you know, if, if they do it, then they're like, oh, shit, what else can I do? Yeah. Maybe it triggers them into better thinking, you know, like, hey, mm-hmm. I can do this. I tried it, and I could do it. And then boom, 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 boom. Yeah, most of, most of my wrestlers that know me over a period of time, like a new kid will come in, and he'll say can't. Mm-hmm. And they'll all just look at me. They're like, Coach, he's in here cussing in the uh, wrestling room. It's like, I don't tolerate that word. Yeah. Especially in our sport, you you can't go out there half-assed. Yeah, that's where most injuries, you know, happen and stuff like that. But you know, if you're like, oh, I can't, I can't. Like, okay, well then, your my time with you is going to be limited to the cans and mm-hmm. not the cans. The positive energy over here, and hopefully, you know, you get enough of that positive energy, it seeps over to these negatives, and they're like, oh, well, they're doing all this. Let me, you know, join in here yeah. and then get that get that positivity, you know, growing rather than just sitting sucking in negativity and sucking you down. It's like like a friend of ours, you know, I mean, we've reached out to him over and over. And I I told you this morning, I'm like, I can't deal with that negative energy. Yeah. I mean it, it's draining, man. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I, we tried and tried. And like, you know. It's, he does he, he, he just doesn't want to do anything Mm-mm. about anything. And I'm just like, man, like, you know, it's it's at a point now where you have to. Yeah. And it's a shame, but, you know. See, I wonder sometimes if it's something traumatic, something has to happen to somebody before they decide to do something. That's what I said. He needs to be put on the chopping block. You know, well, we talked about earlier. Yeah, like, it's something that you, you know, taken away from you. Or mm-hmm. Like, something. It's kind of like what happens in... in I'll just give America, for example, you know, like we're so divided until something happens to us and then we band together. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, we always end up slipping back into our old ways again. But like, I've even told this to Raul because Raul was like, I can't do that. I don't know. I don't know. I was like, fucking look it up, man. My favorite word. I say I can't do it all the time. It's so annoying to me, man. It's just like That's the worst word. Yeah. It's like you're not you're giving up on yourself. Can't and help. That's what I say all day long. Help, I can understand more than can't. Because at least help, you're showing initiative. No, it was him. Don't even. No, <laughs> See, you, thank you, don't, you. You don't even want help. You want me to do it for you. That's a that's, difference. That's help. No, no, it's not, man. That's using. Yes. No, it's, that's help, my guy. Like when I go and help somebody fix their stuff. There ain't no help. It's me doing it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel your pain, man. <laughs> that is true. Hey, Mark, um, you want to make 50 bucks? Yeah, sure. I need these neons hung, and I don't know how to do it. <laughs> he's like, yeah, sure, I'll, I can help you on Friday. Okay, okay, thank you. <laughs> and I just stand there just holding that ladder while he's doing it. <laughs> That's very much it. Now I know what you're doing. You're watching my butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, uh, that's one thing that kills me about Raul. I just wish that he would try to, like, believe in himself a little bit more. Or, like, don't be so lazy. Like, when it comes to certain things, it's like, dude, man, like, we all believe in you. But if you don't believe in yourself, then what do we just look like? Fools just keep believing in somebody that's not going to continue on? Yeah. Like, it's that whole thing where you don't want to be the loser friend of your group. Yeah. You know, you want it, you want people to, you know, be like ebb and flow, like balance, you know, like it just keeps going back and forth, you know, not where it's always just somebody that's just anchoring you down. 
Mm-hmm. And then, like, sometimes I feel like we're always, the people think we bully him. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, it's coming from a place. i fully <laughs> clarifying his bulliness right now. I mean, it's coming from a place of that we see potential in, in you. Yeah. And it's like, why don't you see the same potential in you? You know, because that's why, like, when I asked him that question about, like, what's his next thing going to be? Is, is it going to be where you fall off the wagon again? Yeah. You know, it's just like one of those things where you can just, you don't have to be strict, but you can at least be consistent. I tell people that, you know, ask me, you know, like, the same mm-hmm. questions you get, you yeah. know, I get. Uh, I'm just like, dude, I'm telling you right now, uh, just do the 80-20 life mm-hmm. for your diet and you'll be fine. Yeah. If you just if you can stick with that, then you can start dialing up other like specified programs like keto and stuff like that. But you know, when you eat something that's more than, or when you when you, it's it's very easy to be out of ketosis because it just takes one candy bar mm-hmm. and you're out. Because as soon as your body has more than twenty five grams of carbs in it, it it stops the process. Well, I think it's this thing too, where a lot of times when people are doing something. Then they'll just, they'll, they're human and they fuck up and they're mm-hmm. like, well, I fucked up now. So everything else is fucked. So I'm just going to continue on a path of yeah. just fucking up. Well, that's me and Damien were talking about last night too. Where it's like, you know, people, when they say end up do cheating on their diet or didn't work out, then it's just a snowball. Like you said, you know, you do that one day and then maybe that one day becomes, or the morning say, I don't know. I think is if you fucking ate a pizza, that's not the end of the world. To start over right then or the next, you know, if, you, if it's not at nighttime, the next day or whatever, right? You know, like, but it's not going to, it's, you're not going to gain seven pounds from eating that pizza. But, yeah. you know, it, it's just one of those things like it's not the end of the world. Just get back on it. That, that's all it is. That, you know, that's the thing. It's like consistency, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it. I've been reading a lot of things. I read a lot of different um, people's things on uh, keeping my mind, you know, and and the right mindset and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, and everything I'm seeing, consistency, consistency. You know, just just keep doing it, keep doing it, and then it's easier to to make it a routine. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't get stagnant because, like, you know, workout plans I follow. Coach Myers has something different. You know, every time I turn around, I'm like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, I'm freaking dying over here. Oh, so the, the, <laughs> he has a bunch of e- like a bunch of ebooks you about have or oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I he's thought like, it was just that one that you sent me that I told the, you earlier I didn't know how to read. Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't know how to read. <laughs> well, it's like. Workout plan. Something uh, 45% weight, this, and uh, what is that supposed to mean? Like 45% less or more? I don't know what it says, but it said something like that, right? And like, yeah. you know, or I like, so is that like 45% of the heavy, like how heavy you should be going instead of the heaviest, like only go 45% or 50% of the weight or, yeah. like, you know, it's just weird. I don't know. So you gave up. Yeah. Instead of just asking for help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I got you, Mark. Thanks for the book. I'm going to do my own thing. Appreciate it. So you wasted his time. No, because we work out together and we are friends. <laughs> <laughs> What yeah, does that but, even mean, man? Oh, uh, you're, I'm, when I, I'm not wasting his time by texting him, okay? But somebody's wasting your time by texting you and not doing something. Maybe I shouldn't say that like that. That's not what I meant to say. Like, you know, I, I don't, I do like telling people what, like, what they want and what they, what they want to do and stuff like that. It's, it's rewarding because, like, okay, this this person's hitting me up. Ask when they get to this 
Googled or, yeah. you know, like they're asking someone who's actually doing it. That's like you, you know, like, so that's great. Yeah, I think that it's you good, need to look. It's a good feeling. You should look at things a little bit differently, man. Like, like if it really isn't taxing you, then it's really nothing wasted. No, yeah, that, yeah, that's right. Because that's it. It doesn't bother, you know. Yeah. yeah. So not that they're wasting my time, but it's just like. But when they what what it is, I think it bothers me is when I care more about what they're not doing than they they care. I mean, what did I just say about you? Which one? <laughs> we care more about yourself than you care about you. Do you? Do you though? I mean, anybody that knows us can tell that. Do people really know you though? <laughs> they just know the what you put out in front. I'm the same, man. Like <laughs> I talk to you the same way on here that I talk to you in person. <laughs> yeah, you don't talk to anybody else like that though. Cuz I don't have the same kind of relationship with everybody. Maybe it's too tough. You're too tough on me. Maybe you need that tough love. You didn't get it at home, man. Your mom (laughs) fucking baby the fuck out of you. That's why you are the way you are, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry my mommy loved me. (laughs) That's what he wants to say. (laughs) She did. (laughs) She does. But on on the time thing, though, I do get frustrated when people don't follow through with stuff. Mm -hmm. But I don't dwell on it because... I've only got so many minutes left. Mm, yeah. If I sit there and dwell on Raul not following the workout plan I sent him, you know. That's I'd, his loss. Yeah. that's I, I would rather him lose that than me lose it because, like I said, who knows how many minutes we have left. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have a set number of minutes on this on this globe here that, you know, once that time is up, that time is up, period. We can't get it back. Yeah. So, I mean, I can send out all the freaking, you know, ideas and workout plans and whatnot and, you know, and, and pour into you. If you don't take it yourself, that's not a reflection on me. That's a reflection on you. And I'll tell people, I'm like, no, look, I did X, Y, Z, and this is what he did, A, B, C. Exact opposite of what I told him. So mm-hmm. that's why he's where he's at, you know. Because so I've, got, I've got to do it now where, like, somebody calls me up to do something. I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is how much I charge. Mm. Well, we're, we're buddies. Yeah, but you've owned a home now for how many years? Figure it out. Yeah. YouTube is right there. You can look shit up. <laughs> Fuck. Why do y'all sound so alike? God damn. <laughs> I'm not even talking about you. I know you're not talking about me, uh, but this bitch tells me <laughs> YouTube every time I ask him something. You know there's a thing on your phone called YouTube? Well, I mean, in the digital age, it's really pathetic not to know how to do something. Well, I guess I'm pathetic then. I agree. <laughs> Good. I mean, hell, during the, during the lockdown, my wife wanted freaking planters built out of some pallets. We had pallets it out. I was like, fuck, I don't even, let me look it up. Got some, I was like, oh, okay. Figured it out, put some screws together, boom. But it's like, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, I can't do it. That's too much. Yeah. And then pay somebody else to do it. I'm like, nah, this can't be that hard. But if people want to pay me to do little chores around the house, hey, I'll take their money. <laughs> Money's money. Yeah. But it's my time. Yeah. You're paying for my time. So, you know. And that's what they say about like friends. Like if say a friend owns something, you should never ask your friend for like a, a deal on something because you know that 
they're the one that is putting the effort to do that thing. Mm -hmm. And if you really care about your friends, like why would you want to take from your friend financially or from their, like you said, their time, Yeah, you know? So yeah. Like if, if somebody is, is not willing to do it and they're going to pay somebody else, why would they not pay their friend to do it? Yeah. Yeah, It gets, it gets frustrating, but it's like, you know, now when it, now when it comes down to it, people just know, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I've told him like anytime he asked me, like he asked me to get his account, his account unlocked for his, uh, <laughs> his, uh, was it Coinbase? And I'm like, give me 10% of whatever's in your account and I'll get it done for you. He technically owes me $200 still because I, <laughs> I sent him fucking $600. But I'm thinking t- t- 6000 was, I mean, 4000 was $600. Well, and, I'm sorry, you're stupid. <laughs> you have a calculator. Yeah, well, yes. I mean, he doesn't know East and West, so there is that too. <sighs> Math is exact science. Up. But you're the smartest person in the room. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have so. I'll, I'll tell you some bullshit information that I've known for 10 years. Tell us some facts that you learned from your baseball class. I mean, it's just like, you know, tell us the, the dumbest shit, man. Like, I like, I don't give a fuck about that. The most expensive baseball card ever is a, Ho- a Hogus a Wagner card. Honus. Is it still Honus. the most expensive, though? Honus. Honus. Yeah. Honus Wagner. Yeah. There's a special edition. I mean, there's a there's a misprint on one of them. I, I don't. I'm pretty sure it's not anymore, but it was because uh, now, like Michael Jordan, how much was it? It was like seven million. Jesus Christ! For a baseball card, piece of well, cardboard. Yeah, you saw that thing I sent you, right? The Grand Slam. It's Grand oh, yeah. collectibles. I mean, these these are guys up in Murfreesboro, I think, and um, they. They sell like a box of cards that could have like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of cards in them for like 300 bucks. Yeah. Or uh, I'm sorry, a pack, a pack of 15 cards in there. You could possibly pull like a $500,000 car out of there. Cause that's what the, the market's so high on the cards right now that it's crazy how, how they're making so much money on it's it. It's so funny what they put value on, man. Like yeah. it's literally like, a, cardboard that, that was for kids yeah and then some grown man is like wait 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 i can make money off telling people this is super valuable yeah well you so know? like there's one baseball there's these basketball cards they would do it with all sports i think mm-hmm. like they'll actually have a piece of the jersey of that player like embedded in the card oh yeah so those cards and it's signed it's signed by the player like i saw one a zion williams card was like four million the other day they're like four is million that guy even worth that i don't think so because he's, he's, he's a big guy, right? So he's slimming down, but like... He's not LeBron. Exactly. So he's not... He's not he hasn't proven anything, and his car is worth so much already. Because I yeah. think he only played like half the, half his first year. Or thing in the, yeah. Wow. I think only... Because he was like Greg Oden. Remember Greg Oden, yeah. the, the, the tall guy? Of he, course I remember. He played at Ohio Yeah, State. that's right. His fucking foot... <laughs> his foot... His feet were fucked up from basketball. Yeah. So he only played in the NBA... He was in the NBA for like three years, but I think he only played like four games because he was always hurt. Yeah. Those are feet. Isn't he like a entrepreneur now? I'm sure he like is. He's, I think he's like, I want to say he does like investing in people. Hmm. Hmm. But like, like also then comic books are way up now too. Like they're, they have a reason. Like, all, like this sports collectibles things was way down for a yeah. long time. Like no one was buying cards really. And then, you know, and now it's now it's booming again, like it was in the nineties. Like it's crazy. Like I 
I was in Target the other day and I just walked by those cards where they sell the baseball cards and stuff. Mm-hmm. And dude, one pack of cards was like it's like six ninety nine now. For like the one that comes with a little stick of gum that you get yeah, for a quarter. quarter back in the day, yeah. like even like fifteen <laughs> years ago, it was probably like a dollar only. Yeah, like I remember when I was a kid, uh, I would go to the Walgreens by our house. We would walk there, me and my friends, and we would we would steal the baseball cards and stuff. <laughs> from, Westminster or Mafia? That's right. <laughs> and um, we and and, and, can, and candy bars from the Mapco next door to it. So they pay they pay all this money for a piece of cardboard. We just had the Olympics, and these kid these kids freaking devote years and years of their life for nothing. Well, really, I mean, yeah, because if you don't medal, if you don't medal, you don't get any money, right? Because you got to pay tax on the medal too. Well, right? yeah, there's an Olympian yeah. that's gonna owe when she comes back, or you know, when the taxes is up, she's gonna owe money from winning all those goals. She's gonna owe the IRS like twenty three thousand dollars or something like that. I, I saw it on uh, I shared it, yeah. and I was like. For country or for IRS was my my little caption on there. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, and the only guy, so remember I asked you who that wrestler was that beat the Soviet guy? Yeah. What was his name? Rudy something, right? Uh, uh, Roland Gardner. Yeah. Yeah. Motherfucker works at, he was working at Home Depot before the wrestling (laughs) Olympic trial started. And then he went back to work his job at Home Depot after winning gold for the first time ever in that. Yeah, he's... He won on a technicality, though, so I don't really hold. I, a, lot, a lot of people, especially like heavyweights, they're all like, oh, Rulon, Rulon. I'm like, bro, he won on a freaking technicality. Oh, how did he win? I, I have no idea. In Greco, at that time, if it's a tied match, you go into a clinch position, right? So when you go into clinch, you can't you can't adjust your grip. So um, Carlin adjusted his grip, and even the refs, like during the match, they kept, the the ref on the mat looked at the at the judge at the table, both of them were like, "Oh shit," because I mean it was Alexander Carlin, he's like the great, and they had to call it, and that's how he won. Damn, oh. mental mistake. Yeah, he just he just went here like this, and you see it real quick. He just like came out, and then he went right back to it, but he had adjusted his grip, and that's against. Oh, the so race. you really didn't win then? Well, I mean, he won. He. Yeah, I mean, but do you think that guy would have beat him? I don't know because it was it was I think it was one to one at the time. So I mean, oh, it was, okay, it was a tight match. I mean, he was Rulon was good. I mean, he's not like the heavyweights today. The heavyweights today are a whole different ball game. Like uh, Stevenson that just won the gold. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, he also kind of shaded the rules a little bit because in freestyle, right? He was down, and so he took the guy down. There's like 20 seconds left or something like that. Well, he took the guy down. Well, he got up off of the guy, right? And then like in, in folk style, that's what you'll do, the collegiate style. You'll take the guy down, cut him, take him down again to, to run up points. Freestyle, the ref has to bring you up to your feet. The ref is in control of the mat. The ref blew the whistle and stood him up. So there's still some time left, like six seconds or something like that. I can't remember. But anyways... Gable got another takedown and won the gold. The ref could have just uh, gone by the rules and let the um, guy lay there, let the time run out, but he blew the whistle and stood him back up. I was like, bro, you really can't do that. Damn. (laughs) Is that the guy they want to get in the UFC now? Yeah, if he's smart, he'll go to WWE because it's just money. Yeah. I mean, 
Well, CM Punk is talking about going back to wrestling. I saw that online. Was he there? Yeah, he was there. He's, he's kind of small. Tiny, right? Yeah. I didn't really look like, so small. Because one time I saw him, I was from a distance, yeah. you know? And then I was next to him yesterday for a second. I was like... It might have been just street clothes, too. But to me, he looked kind of, I was like... Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this year we showed out in the Olympics. I was surprised. Because I really going in, I mean, I knew the women were going to do well because we set a stacked women's squad up. Oh, dude, the women got most of the goals, right? Yeah. But then the um, the men's team, I'm like, man. And I saw the draws. I'm like, well, we got some favorable draws. Because like the Olympics, I think the top four are seated. And then everybody else is just kind of drawn in. And they have like United um, World Wrestling, UWW has like – qualifying tournaments and you get ranking points and this and that. And that's how they kind of seed everybody at the Olympics or at worlds and stuff like that. So we didn't, you know, we were on lockdown most of the time, so we didn't go to a lot of the tournaments and whatnot. So we just kind of got drawn in and then, but I mean, we came out, you know, had some gold silvers. I was like, Oh shit. You know, and it, and it worked out, but you know, luckily with uh, USA wrestling, they have the living a dream program. So they get, Lots more than just the, the you know thirty seven five for winning a gold. So that's all that's all you get from the USOC. It's thirty seven oh five thirty seven thousand five hundred for winning a gold medal. You why, devoted all why, your life to that. Why is there no money in Olympic sports? Like, why are these people not making any money doing this? I guess it's like you said. There's not eyeballs, at least for here. Yeah, and then there's no advertisers for that. Oh, true. Yeah. Like I, I mean, there's certain people that I'm not a wrestling fan, but I know like Jordan, Jordan Burroughs yeah. and like, you know, cause he's made it to another level, Yeah, you know, but like, there's probably some other guys that are amazing that we just don't know about because they haven't broken that, you know, public level yet. I think they should give all Olymp- like from, from, for the country, like a set, like, this is what, thank you for being in the Olympics. Here's your money. And well, then everything do. else for, well, only if you medal. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. so like, Yours, you yours, a hundred thousand, and then if you know for being a, a USA Olympian, but you get the privilege of representing the United States. That's like telling a kid, <laughs> yeah. That's like telling like that's like telling the, the a college kid or a college high school kid. But I'm going to give you an education at Ohio State to sign my yeah. Declare you coming to Ohio State for football, you know, like. But now those kids, you know, um, now they're going to make bank. They're making bank. Yeah. I saw that one team. Uh, uh, I forget what company was signed the entire team oh yeah 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 um because ohio state has now put it out for all sports all athletes can um do that process now so it's not just limited to certain football players and whatnot what do you think about the football player that's the number one recruit in the country right now for in the quarterback position that's deciding not to attend he's going to ohio state right yeah, he skipped his senior he year. Keeps, he's skipping his senior year to enroll early at Ohio State. He's skipping his senior year of high school? Yeah. Uh, really? I didn't yeah. think he could do that. Like, I, I guess he's really smart or something, maybe. I, I don't know. I just yeah, saw I that. Know. I was like, this can't be right. This is, this is like a fake story. But then it was real. Because of the new rules, he's already making money off his name. Yeah. And he's like, why? I'm already the number one recruit. I'm definitely going to Ohio State. Is there, and they found a way to get him fucking. How old is he, like 17, 18? Yeah, something like that, right? So, like, he's going to skip it, and that's going to be the new trend because if he gets hurt in his senior year, Ohio State might not give him that scholarship anymore. He'll still get a scholarship for a good school, but not Ohio State or Florida State or something, you know, something big, big like 
or Georgia or something like that. But like, so these kids are getting smarter now too, right? Yeah. And, and that's just what it is. And skipping a senior year, that's probably the smartest thing you could ever do. He has nothing to prove at the high school level anymore. Yeah. But it's, see, that's what I wonder sometimes about like high school and college though. Is it going to translate though? Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, you know, like um, some NF, so you're really good. You, you win the Heisman in, in college, right? And then when you go play that position in the NFL, now everybody is just as fast as you, yeah. right? And, and all the defenses or offenses are fast. Everyone's the best in the world, in the, in the country, mm-hmm. right? So, and sometimes they bust in the NFL, even though, even though they won a Heisman trophy. Yeah. They, they have like charts broken out, like how many kids get scholarships for different sports. Mm-hmm. If, if you look at it, you're like, you gotta be shitting me. There's, there's like, you know, two or 3%. Of of all the high school kids get you know a scholarship for this and the oh yeah it's just like wrestling I mean there's ten guys on a wrestling squad right that most schools only have eight full scholarships so you're already two guys short so wow. you you end up splitting it up like okay well you'll get books you'll get tuition this guy will get room and board you know kind of split it up that way mm-hmm. to use the most of their dollars but yeah I mean the you know and then. And that's the thing. Like, I have kids, you know, they'll come to me like, hey, coach, you know, I want to wrestle in college. I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm not going to beat around the bush, but probably not going to make it. Mm. And I mean, it's tough to tell them that. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, you want, them, you want them to do it, but, you know, I also want to be honest with them. And don't be out there like, oh, yeah, you can do it. You can. And they go freaking, you know, get rolled over and. You know, if you, and it, we're in Tennessee. We're not a strong wrestling state. We're kind of like middle of the pack as far as wrestling wise. And you know, if you can't compete at national tournaments and stuff, and you're not, you know, in some of those matches, I'm gonna tell you, hey, you're not gonna make it. What age should a kid start wrestling? Like, what's the optimal age? Usually, like around here, most of them don't even start to high school. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. So you've just got the four years. But, mm. you know, now we're getting more and more kids' programs coming in because Arlington's got a nice uh, kids' program. We're getting ours back started at MUS for a kids' program. Christian Brothers has a good kids' program. So they're starting. I mean, some of them are starting out way early. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have to factor in burnout and stuff like that because yeah. it's not just an easy sport and it goes year round yeah because you've got the the collegiate season style and then you've got the freestyle and the greco that you know we just finished up in what uh july we just finished up with nationals in fargo what's the difference between freestyle and greco so freestyle is you can attack the the whole body, okay. The regular takedowns, you know, and and attack their legs and stuff like that. And then to get, you'll get two points for a takedown. And then if you do a turn and get their back exposed past ninety degrees, mm-hmm. you'll get another two points for the turn. And then if you throw them a big throw, mm-hmm. you'll get four or five, depending on. And that's just a judgment call to the fives. Yeah. So if, if it's a huge throw. Most of the time, they'll get a five. Fives how, are rare. How fucked are people's backs and necks getting with wrestling, I would imagine? I mean, you know how to land and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, you kind of, if, if, I mean, you can tell when you're getting thrown. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know to kind of tuck, you know, tuck your chin down to your chest and just kind of roll with it and, you know, get tossed. And then, like, 
Greco, that's all it is, is upper body. Okay. It's only upper body. So people are like, like I like Greco because it's it's like human chess. You're just sitting there trying to trying to move this guy and to just get that one little opening to be able to score. Was that with Randy Couture? Was he a Greco guy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So what is catch wrestling? Catch wrestling is kind of like what the collegiate style is now. Catch is catch can where you're where you'll be doing takedowns and and stuff like that. And it's now they've actually added in submission with a lot of the catch wrestling. Okay. So you can pin a guy and submit a guy. Mm. So there's a we talked to a guy at the NCAA's one year. And he's doing, um, I think it's Catch Wrestling Alliance, but um, he's you know trying to get Catch Wrestling to, yeah. to catch back on, which you know with the rise up of ju- uh, jujitsu and stuff like that, I could see it being you know, and if it gets more televised, then regular wrestling gets more televised. So yeah. it, all, it all works together. But yeah, it's, it's a submission and a pin. But most of the submissions are like pretty. Straightforward, like rear naked chokes. Oh and, wow, and really? Like that. Yeah. Damn. So they're, they're or neck cranks. Neck cranks are big in okay. catch wrestling because you know, I mean, wrestling grip is a whole different ball game. Yeah. And so when people, you know, like Khabib when he uh, beat Connor that time, it was just a straight neck crank. It mm. was, you know, he just got that forearm right on there and just <laughs> squeezed the <laughs> shit out of him. I think that's how Joe Paz ended up winning last night was the neck crack. I don't yeah. know if that was a submission or not because he was just cranking the shit out of that kid. <laughs> so, like, when people are, um, like, that wrestling base, like, do you think that's, like, probably the most dominant thing that anybody could learn if they're transferring to MA? Or at least it probably was in the past, or is it still kind of the same thing now? I, I mean, I'm obviously biased, but, yeah, yeah I, I would think so because – I mean, you can change the whole fight, right? So if I'm going against Raul, Raul's only a striker, mm-hmm. right? My hands ain't for shit. Yeah. I'm going to take him down, mm. right? Maybe he doesn't have, you know, that decent of a ground game. If I'm in, when I like, when I judge fights and stuff, if somebody's on top and doing a good job controlling top position and, you know, throwing some punches here and there, I mean, that top position is hard as shit to maintain for an, a whole, an entire you know, round. Yeah. I mean, holding somebody down against their will for that long, it's like, mm. you know, but yeah, I mean, that's, and that's the thing is like the wrestling grip, the hips, you know, just different things that, that we kind of take for granted in, mm-hmm. in wrestling, you know? So when I go to different MMA gyms and, and, you know, show them some different techniques, it's like, you know, I'm doing magic tricks or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's just like basic stuff to me. Yeah. <laughs> How come, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. How come uh, Mississippi doesn't have wrestling in their high school? I, it's a weird thing because it. We looked into it like probably three or four years ago um, of getting it sanctioned in the high school, and we, you know, went to the athletic commission, and they're like, "Oh no, it's already sanctioned. You just have, you know, schools just have to do it." I'm like, "Well, shit." But like the Gulf Coast, they used to have some schools that wrestled. Like Gulf Shores and and Biloxi and no not is Biloxi Mississippi mm-hmm. yeah, but some of those in that area had wrestling and they would either join um, Louisiana or Alabama whichever side they're closer to and kind of be in their state tournament. But I don't know why Mississippi never did. And now, luckily, you know, with like Tupelo, the gym over there. 
they're trying to get it started up. A kid down in Oxford is trying to get it started up. So it's like, hey, you know, I mean, it would be good for for Tennessee. It's going to be good for Alabama, so we can have more people. Mm-hmm. You know, like when Arkansas just joined, probably ten or twelve years ago, I think, having wrestling. And so you know, they've already stepped up. But of course, in in Little Rock, they've got um, Coach Smith running the club over there, and he was a four time NCAA champ. So he's pretty decent. Wow, <laughs> damn. Do you yeah. think that? Wrestling develops mental toughness. As you have to, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, and it shows. Mm-hmm. You know, the guys who are going out there, and this, this is a thing that like um, Antonio that I coached at Bolton that he caught on to early on. It's like this isn't a sport. He's sleepy. Oh, sorry, I'm boring you. No, no, no. <laughs> what the fuck is going on over there, man? What? <laughs> I was just yawning. I mean, he's telling a story. You're fucking yawning, man. I had to yawn. Not because of the story. <laughs> what the fuck? But yeah, he, uh, and that's why I tell a lot of the kids, I'm like, this, you can't look at it as a sport. Yeah. The first time you look at it as a sport, you're going to be probably mediocre. Mm. So it's a lifestyle, you know, you just take on and just, like I said before, I mean, you can't, you can't get up every morning knowing at the end of that day, you're going to get your ass worked. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's, I've had like kids come from football and, you know, other sports and they come into our practice like, and it will be just like a regular practice, not like one where we're actually, you know, trying to break them down. Just a regular practice. Like, no, this shit's too much, but it's, yeah. And it's, I mean, you're going out there trying to impose your will on another person. Yeah. You know, six minutes, you got that much time to, to, score as many points or, you know, pin them and finish it. So, yeah, it's. Now, do you think that the wrestling part is the hardest for some people or is the weight cutting is the hardest for some people? Probably the wrestling itself, the techniques mm-hmm. of it, because it's not, I mean, you know, even our stance is, you know, you're not, you're not walking around bent over at the waist and, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So, and I tell people all the time, like, don't beat yourself up if you're not getting it the first, you know, year or so you're out. Yeah. I mean, I've been in, involved in wrestling over like over 40 years now, mm-hmm. right around 40 years. So, you know, I'm still learning. I mm-hmm. still watch, you know, videos. Oh, this guy shows up. Okay, cool. Let me look what he's doing. Yeah. You know, just being a student of the game all the time. But it's just not natural position. Your body doesn't naturally, you know, move in such such ways like that so i mean the weight cut is just that's that's on you and that's a mental thing getting your attitude right getting you know hey i want to wrestle 138 okay you know you want to wrestle 138 when the season comes around Mm -hmm. we're in august okay if you if if you're 160 right now (laughs) you got a long way to cut don't try and cut it that day and now we can't because of the um the new guidelines we have a um, hydration thing so the kids at the beginning of each season, they go in and they have to pass a hydration t- test first. Oh, okay. So they've got to be hydrated, and then they go on a, a scale, body fat scale, mm-hmm. and it'll tell you what percentage you can lose per week. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's, so it's a lot healthier. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, people that, were dying from yeah. cutting weight. That's so, that yeah. fancy shit right there, MUS right there. That's that's across the board now. Oh, I thought it was like you know just because it was a nah, nice school. That's not that's not just MUS. That's that's Tennessee was one of the first ones to adopt it, and now more and more. I think right now all of the states have to have it. 
according to the um, association, but I'm, I'm pretty sure all of them have to have it now. But it's just safer for the kids. And Do you think that MMA should develop that too? Like implement that? Like I know, don't they have that like in one FC or or something? I know it's one of the foreign leagues. I think they have to. You have to be kind of on what you walk around weight, what you're going to fight at. Yeah, and there's a. It's I can't remember if that's the one where like you can only gain a certain percentage after weigh ins too. Mm-hmm. There's another one that's like that too, like you can't you can't weigh in at one twenty five and then show up to the fight at one sixty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. there's people that do shit like that. That's not fair, man. No, but yeah, I mean, I liked it when they did. Just now, um, the. The world wrestling has gone to same day weigh ins like the United States does. Okay, so you know you weigh in, and then you've only got two hours, mm-hmm. and you you'll be on the mat wrestling. So you've got to kind of manage that cut so that you can go out and compete at a hundred percent. You know, I mean, I would I would prefer MMA guys to fight more at their at their natural walk around yeah. weight or close to it. You know, I mean, if you cut ten pounds, okay, mm-hmm. you know. That's, you know, but some of these guys with their drastic cuts and they're like, okay, you got, you weighed that much for, you know, two minutes to get on the scale. And, you know, as soon as you took a drink, you're already up, you know, a couple of pounds by the time you drink your, your gallon of water back down, you know, and then it's not, it's not fair to me how other people could put on weight and different things like that. And, you know, and then you risk having bad cuts. I mean, you see it all the time, guys, you know, have bad cuts and they got to get rushed to the emergency room. Mm. And I mean, that's, that's that's just not healthy. Yeah. I mean, you, if you're cutting too much, I mean, your kidneys are going to shut down. Yeah. And then that's life threatening. So it's yeah. Isn't that what happened to Daniel Cormier in the Olympics or something like that? Yeah. He, and that's the thing. He knew what weight he was going to be at because he qualified at Olympic trials and he's, oh, I had a bad weight cut. I'm like, no, you mismanaged your life. Mm. I mean, you can her. see even after, <laughs> like, even when he fought MMA, he balloons up and down. You know, it's just like yeah. Yeah. he wasn't very strict with his diet. Because I would imagine he could have probably fought at, like, 170, 185. Yeah, because I don't think he's that big. That no, tall. I think he's, like, 5'11", 5'10". Yeah. And, then, you know, he was, like, 250, 240. <laughs> 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 why, do, why, don't, why don't people stay at their either wrestling weight or their fighting weight, do they usually fight a way smaller class or something? I mean, most guys do it seems like, but I mean, there's some that will it'll fight close to their walk around. But in wrestling, more and more, you're seeing guys, you know, training year round and maintaining oh, certain, okay. you know, so they when they do cut, it's not because like wrestling, like I said, it's the same day weigh in. So you weigh in 7 a.m., you're wrestling at 9 or 10. What are the weight classes in high school? High school, uh, I think the lowest right now is 106. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then there's 14 weight classes you know, spread out mm-hmm. over that. And I think right now the cap on heavyweight is 285. Jesus so if you're Christ. over 285, you, can't, you have to cut to get to 285 yeah. and not wrestle. But yeah, and then this spread out. Most of most of the weights are like 45, 52, 60, 70, 82. So a lot of them are in that range. And then the, the lighter weights are kind of split out more. They're trying to add some more up on the heavy end and get rid of this lighter end. Because mm-hmm. like in college, 
the lowest weight class is 125. Oh, okay. So if you wrestle 106 for four years of high school, I'm like, well, what good are you going to be when you got to go against guys that are 125, cutting, yeah. you know, cutting down to 125? But yeah, it's we're trying to get rid of some of those lower weight classes and kind of fill them in in the uppers because right now, I mean, and they do studies on it all the time about forfeits and you know how many how many guys are forfeiting the 106 weight class and things like that and see they're trying to always adjust it and keep it you know so that we have matches instead of just people tracking forfeits out there all the time mm. you guys remember when um brock lesnar was fighting ufc he had to cut like 50 pounds to make the heavyweight limit <laughs> i was crazy when i read that i was like Is that when he got diverticulitis I don't know. This is like when he first that? came into the UFC and he was fighting. Um, he had to lose like forty or fifty pounds. I was like, "What the fuck? How big are you, dude? Like, you know, you know how big he is. Yeah. It's normal. Like, and you know, when he's wrestling, obviously he's on steroids, so he looks even bigger. Yeah, he's even bigger than he was when he had got, couldn't take the steroids anymore for for that. But apparently, he's coming back. To that's what I've, I read. That I mean, it's probably not true, yeah. but apparently, he's thinking about coming back to the, the UFC to fight. For what? I don't know. Well, you're making millions and millions of dollars wrestling. Is yeah. he still wrestling? Like professional wrestling? I think. Was it I, WWE? Yeah, WWE, now? yeah. So, like, he, and just, like, you know, there's the money's there. Like, you were telling earlier about, like, for that, uh, the wrestler guy to go to the yeah. WWE and say UFC because unless you're, like, a fucking big, big name and you, you're getting a lot of pay-per-view points or whatever it's called, like, you know, Mike and shit in the UFC. And yeah. one of the Logan brothers just called Dana White out on that. It's like. Jake Paul. It was, yeah. It was like, well, yeah. you, you go and pay your fight as shit, but you're driving. What was it? You're riding around in a Rolls Royce or something like that. I mean, he's got a lot of cars. Right? Yeah. But you, you, you see the point though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's true because, you know, um, what was the big fight that just happened a couple of days ago or like two weeks ago? It was. Derek Lewis. No, not the one before that one. Conor McGregor. Who was who? Who did he fight? Dustin Poirier. Poirier, yeah. Yeah, Poirier ended up making like four million on that fight because of all the yeah. stipulations and pies and all that stuff. But like, because well, he fought Conor McGregor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, if he if he didn't fight, that's what I got. Thank you. I was that's what I was going with. If he didn't fight a big name like that, there wouldn't have been that many buys, right? So yeah. he would have probably made a million dollars, maybe. Yeah. But the UFC probably made fifty million off the off the just off the gate, you yeah. know, or whatever. And then the pay per view, and then all the sponsorship money. It's like the money is definitely in the UFC for to pay these guys more. Well, maybe the UFC the UFC should probably have less fights and less people on the roster. Yeah. Oh, I do see that they cu- keep keep on cutting people. Yeah. Like all the I mean, time. It's getting watered down at this point sometimes to me because it's like every time I turn around, it's like, oh, oh yeah, you got this fight. Oh, I'm like, you got you got so you got UFC on pay per view, right? Then you got UFC on Fox. UFC things on ESPN, uh, UFC things on ABC now, UFC Fight Night, which is, you know, whatever that is. It's just so much of it. Yeah. I remember back in the day, like even just 10 years ago, you would have like one pay-per-view fight um, like every two months or something. And that was it. Yeah. Or maybe five or 10 years ago. Yeah. And that was it. And then you got all hyped when it was getting closer. Now, I don't even watch, you know, it's just so much of it. Like, I don't, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I said, it's just watered down. Some of them, the cards are like, who the hell are these guys? I don't even know them. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's hard to build stars if you have it's oversaturated. Yeah. Because then you're, you know, you're pulled this way, this way, this way. It's just they're, too much. Apparently, they're trying to make, I don't know if the UFC is trying to do this, but they're 
they're saying like the writers, you know, are mm-hmm. saying that um, it sh- the next fight should be John Jones versus um, Francis Ngannou. Yeah. Ooh. Why the fuck do you always finish where I'm starting? Like because I'm you talking. Were, you were stumbling on your work. I was yeah. getting there. I was gonna say the black guy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah, I just think I and then you know they're all 1099 employees for the UFC. The fighters are. So why don't they? Why, I don't understand why they just don't all come together and say we're not gonna fight for less unless it's you know there's a new pay system. Because most people are selfish. Yeah, but if... Everything we do is for ourselves. So if you see somebody at your job about to get fired, are you going to quit your job? Because, I mean, it's different because you're a trust fund baby. But somebody that needs money, they're Mm -hmm. not going to quit their job because somebody else is struggling. Every man's out for themselves. I guess that, yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, if you're making millions of dollars and you know what it's like, Fighting on a local level or fighting, you know, which all just went down there and they're not, those guys aren't making that kind of money. You're not going to want to go back to that because some other guy's not making any cash. Oh, yeah. So once you make it, you make it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's not a team sport. You're not on a team. True. So that's why they're having a hard time where they're talking about that we need to get a union and all this other stuff. Like everybody else is like, no, I'm doing okay. Like, I don't want to fucking rock the boat. And I don't, I don't, I mean, I can see it from both sides. Like you should want to help other people out, but you also got to look out for yourself at the end of the day. That's all we have is our fucking self. Like, so like these guys are like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fucking make less money because this other guy's not making anything. Like I work my ass off to get to the point I'm at and I want to stay there. Well, what about the, well, what about the, that should be on the organization to be like, Hey, we want to take care of our people. I don't think yeah. the fighters should be like, we need to take care of other fighters. Because I don't think a lot of people would feel the same way. They wouldn't do the same thing. What about so? Like, what about the guys when they when they went to the uniforms? You know, they can't have their own walkout stuff anymore. Yeah. Like they they lost a lot of money from that. And I don't think the Reebok money was that much. No, I mean, good, but that's right? that's the organization, though. That's, that's what I'm not, saying. So, like, but I'm saying, like, oh, you're, so you're, UFC, you're, you're saying it like these fighters have power. They don't have power. Dana White has the fucking. That's what power. I'm saying. Like, why why do they have no power? Like, why it's a monopoly. Why? They need a collective bargaining agreement. So you think, yeah, like the NBA and yeah. yeah. So you think like until other people are like, we're gonna we're gonna strike together. It's never gonna change. So do you think is the UFC the number one in the world still, or is the, it's the biggest brand? Yeah. Okay. It doesn't mean they have the best the, the fighters, fighters but right? They have because the most that promotion. one, what is it called? One one FC. FC. Is that the one in China or something like that? Or I think so. Yeah. Yes. Like that's 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 getting really fucking big. Yeah. Like it's huge. So maybe these other promotions, it's like when you get washed up in the UFC, you go fight for Bellator and you make, end up making more money at fighting for Bellator than you ever did for UFC. Well, and, there's you know, like guys in Bellator that are just as good as guys in the UFC. Yeah. Like I think it's just the UFC's done a good job of branding themselves. So, so you that's think the difference. That, like, yeah. It's like, so you think they're the best because of that. Because people aren't, they don't say MMA, they say UFC. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I train UFC. There you go. Sure. <laughs> But, but I mean, they've the done shirt a, on and everything. Yeah, uh, they have to. But yeah, but they've done <laughs> they've done that great of a fucking job to like, like, they're synonymous with MMA now. Yeah, you know. Well, even I mean, technically, because the UFC did start MMA as far as like here in America. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. I mean, I remember watching it on freaking VHS tapes. Yeah. And you had to wait for it to come out. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. And, and it was like in like Colorado and Alabama, I think, were like yeah. the only two states that allowed it. And like, and now it's just everywhere. It's, like, it's crazy, man. Like, It's like funny because like, thinking about when Nick first started talking about doing some fight stuff, he started, wanted to do this thing called iFight. So it was like something online. Yeah, so he was going to put a camera mm-hmm. on top of the, like, the, you know, where the rail is. Like, yeah. on, like he was going to put a camera, they had like, a couple cameras and stuff. And then they started talking about it more, and then that's when they did the V three thing. It was, it was him and Rick and some and Mark that were talking about it, right? Not yeah, I like, fights, but the V three part yeah, was yeah. like them three. Like a silent guy in it, yeah. But um, I don't know. It's a it's a big sport, but I think it has a long way to go. It's still so new, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just it just turned twenty five years old, right? Like the, all the UFC just turned twenty five or something like that, right? Or twenty years or something. No, UFC has been around since what, ninety three or something. Oh, yeah, this is the early nineties. Yeah, because I know I was out in station in California when we were watching them on <laughs> on tape out there. Because they didn't have pay per view at that time on. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, these guys are just hoping that these people rent these videos. I've got you know, I mean, and they had big names. I mean, they had Gracie, they had freaking mm-hmm. um, Dan Severn, all them guys. I'm like these, and there's Grand Prix terms. These guys had to fight two or three times a night. I'm like, nah, screw that for like two grand or something. Yeah, right? it was like no money. <laughs> like, do you think they'll ever be a? They'll do Grand Prix again? Like some some other like some other country or something will bring it back where they're fighting like multiple times for the night to win the championship for like the twenty five thousand or something like that. I can't. I can't see. I it think now. they I have the illegal. Did they not or something? do that in Bellator? I want to say Bellator had like a tournament. Yeah, but it's not all. They don't fight all in one night. Maybe it's some commission rules or something. Yeah, yeah. because like at the Bellator one you're talking about, uh, they have like these guys fighting this on this card, and then next week they'll have the other guys fighting. So yeah. like it was something like that. Because what that PFL does the same thing. There's is all a tournament too. Hmm. That's where they win like a million dollars or something. Yeah. Because Lance Palmer. I saw. Twice. I saw two days ago that this company called Island Fights is looking for some for fighter for a fighter for a match. Yeah. For O and one pro, so they won like an O and O or O, you know, O yeah. and so you know whatever. They're not not like a good big big record yeah. or anything. Like not like a like a you know badass or something, but like just like a newer person. Yeah. They're offering them ten thousand for win and ten thousand to show. Damn, that's a lot of money for like a debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what me and Jason were talking about. That we're like, how did how do they? How did, he's like, I guess they got some fucking fat backers or fat pockets or something. Yeah, that's all there can be. Because I mean, that's where the money's coming from. It's all your sponsorships and everything. I mean, it's not coming from you know your your ticket sales and shit like that at these regional events. No. The sponsors are definitely where it's at. Yeah. That's like with these CFFC fights. I mean, like the the main card. I mean, what Joe was Turan was the only one from Memphis on the on the main mm-hmm. card, right? All the rest of them were from know, all over. Yeah, you got some guy from Greece and some guy from Canada. Like they're Excuse they're. It, and that's and that's what's good about this is because like they can they play they can pull from a lot of different areas of the country now. But does that hurt the ticket sales when they when like when they come down here? 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I mean, up in up in Philly and all that area, those guys are going to go watch fights because that's what they do. Yeah, I mean, Philly is fight. Okay, whatever fight we're going to go watch. Mm-hmm. Memphis is like like v three fights. A lot of times, people be just walking around, you know, mingling with each other. Oh, hey, I saw you at the fights. You know, like it was a social gathering and not a, a yeah. fucking fight. Right. So I think the markets are different, right? Because yeah. there, you go in there to watch the fight and enjoy yeah. the fights. You're like. Because that shit used to piss me off. I would go to Fox and Hound over here um, on Sanderland. Oh, yeah. And we would go to watch the fights. And all these other people would come up. Hey, who you got in this fight? Hey, who I'm like, bro, leave me the fuck alone. I'm here to watch the <laughs> fight. I'm not here to freaking stack your betting odds. And well, then everybody's an expert, too. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Well, it's like you were asking about the like if the local people in the area don't know who's fighting. Yeah. Does it hurt the sales? I would say yes. Yeah. Because you're not going to have somebody fucking coming from Canada, driving from Canada, flying from Canada to watch yeah. a fight, right? Was it sold out? It or was. Was it crowded, I guess? It was pretty crowded. But so, some, okay, so something happened where, like, they thought they had sold a whole lot more tickets than the actual venue even hold, held. But that's not what the crowd reflected. Yeah. I mean, it was busy. Yeah, it was, it was I think I think when we were V3 in there, I think we've had bigger crowds than that. Which casino was that? The Fitz. Was it the same place where we saw that Bellator fight? Wasn't that the Fitz? We went Cynthia and the fish was too fishy. Oh no. I think that I think that was a Harris. Was it? Yeah. Because mm. the Fitz room is is is, is small. Oh, it's just okay. like a regular ballroom. Like it's 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 small and um like we I had to adjust some seating and stuff like that because it was just that when the catwalk was added yeah. on this cage. Like it's just too big, and, and the room is too small. How many fights were there? There was twelve. Twelve total. Seven were on the pay per view, right? Or eight were on the pay per view. I can't remember how they split it. It was. So is it pro and amateur fights? Uh yeah. yeah. So amateur, I guess, is not televised. Yeah. So that's on Facebook. Facebook. Uh, yeah. The the prelims on Facebook. Yeah. Facebook Live or whatever. Mm. But um, I mean, it, it was it was run. Like the production side, because it's since there's UFC people here, you know, yeah, it was run like, like, like it's supposed to be like you we watch yeah. like a pay, big pay per view on UFC or something. Yeah, it was. It was. Like well they had done. a big ass truck out back, and like they were, you know, they were asking me all these questions. I had no answers for. I'm just like, uh, they're like, why are you here? I'm just like, I'm like, um, what do you do? So they, they were like, they were like they, so so I was, so the TV guy goes, the producer goes to me. He goes, so we need the IT manager. I was like. Or we need to get a phone number on this guy because he needs to juice up the IT for me or the internet or something. I don't know what the fuck. It's like I was like, I can find out the number for you. I'll be right back. I, I don't have it. Yeah. I'm just a contact there. You know, I'm just here, man. I'm literally manual labor. That's about the extent of what I do. And uh, he was just like, okay. And then like five minutes later, I come back and then he asked me another question about. I'm like, I'll be right back. I don't. <laughs> Give me one second because I can't call anybody in that fucking ass room because yeah. there's no reception in there. So because I, of Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a good night. I just think it, V3 has, has had bigger shows there than, than, what, than what was there. Oh, there's been there's been bigger shows at Minglewood than what was at... Last night? Ever, yeah. You think so? Oh, yeah. Because some of those Minglewood shows were fucking slam-packed. Yeah, because like... 
when you go out there where the SRO people were or GA people, you're like, holy shit. I mean, you can't. That's move. right. I remember that because it was it was so far back. There was people just yeah. deep. Yeah. Do they have restrictions because of COVID? Nope. Down there? They're fully open. Mm. Now, they did change the casino up a little bit. Um, you know how like, when you walked in from the, the casino entrance, not the hotel entrance part, there was all those table games and stuff there? Yeah. Now, those are all video games. Uh, oh, machines yeah. they're not like video blackjack and shit like that i guess they got they have like maybe like seven or eight tables only now yeah they, yeah they didn't have any tables at all it was all freaking penny slots and then when me and rob were gonna play on friday i mean we waited like 30 minutes for somebody to get up out of their seat so we could yeah. either, either he could go first or i could go second or whatever but nobody was getting up and i was like fuck man so that's why we just started playing the slot machine thing i hate crowded tables. i ended up winning 400 dollars on the slot machine yeah i didn't even know what i was doing rob's like <laughs> You just won four hundred dollars. I was like, "Oh, so I, was, I was like, I was up like five sixty on that machine." Yeah, and I was like, "When I get to four hundred, push the push the <laughs> cash out. I mean, the little button so they print my voucher." Yeah, he's like, "All right, all right, all right." So we were just talking. Wait, wait, you were five sixty, and you went down to four hundred, and yeah. you wanted to cash out at four <laughs> hundred instead of making a nice five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just. I just, I, I mean, I, I mean, man, the more you talk, the less I have confidence in you. No, I'm serious. Like, I, I was trying to win more money. You won 560 bucks. Yeah. I know. And but you wanted to stop at 400? Well, I didn't want to go any lower than 400. That's like, you know what I'm saying? Why like, didn't you stop at 560? What did you put in to get to the 560? $20. <laughs> <laughs> I started with a 20. Because all I had, in my, I was, was going to put a dollar in there, right? Because oh, all I had it was, all I had You was, are what keeps the casinos going. <laughs> So I told I told the I told the 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 owner yesterday I was like I hey, mean I got four hundred dollars of your money he's like not for long <laughs> I was like I was like what do you mean he's like oh you you'll go out there tonight and play I know you will I was like no I'm not yeah do they give you any vouchers for like food or anything they did um so they give um they do it a little different now the uh, the manager one of the managers for the food and beverage or whatever has to sign each ticket mm. and um so they gave. They give Jason or Jason was happened to be there, uh, and they gave him like a stack. No, no, I'm saying that the casino for you playing. Oh, 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 um, yeah, on my card, uh, my player's card. Oh yeah, I keep on forgetting to put it in the machine half the time, so I would have had more. But when I left today, or no, yesterday, um, I asked them um, to see what all my stuff was on there. I have like two buffets on there, a hotel room stay. That's how they get you. Yeah. yeah, but the hotel room stay is Sunday through Thursday, yeah. not, not on the not weekend. The peak days. Yeah, yeah not on the yeah. weekends. But she was like, I'm sure they could upgrade that and change that for a weekend day if you really want it on the weekend. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm, just pay a little different. Yeah, I was like, I'm just, yeah, like 20 or 30 bucks, she said. But I was like, I don't plan on coming down. Is here. this the same place that when I came down there and Matthew Bullen was sitting by me? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Was yes. the same room? Mm hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, He's saying the anthem. Yeah. I think yeah. you guys sat on this side. Like when you walk in, it's over here somewhere. I was up front. Yeah, on the cage. Yeah, and then Kelly and them were on behind. Be- yeah, Jay, right behind. Jay yeah, Jay, right there. behind. Yeah, and that's the room. That's the room. This big ass, this cage went in and stuff oh, like that. Okay. Yeah, V three was there, weren't they? That yeah. Before yeah. we had the the new cage that we have, we, you just had the old black one, the black one, the original one. That one would fit in there perfect. There was yeah. no issue. But now the 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 catwalk comes out six feet off of the pole so then yeah. you gotta think how much that eats up especially how tight it was over there by the oh, doctors yeah. and stuff but i mean it, they they oversold the room but it didn't look like that many people came i mean mm. i wonder how many of them were comps though 
that they oh. that they count. You know what I'm saying? So, oh yeah, like so, this person gets this many comp, like yeah. you know, like because like, I, even the casino is going to have comps. For, yeah, the casino had like their like big spenders and stuff like that. They want tickets to this. They 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 have like a set of twenty tickets for those people. Yeah. Hmm. But I don't think many people want to come watch MMA where they don't even know anybody that's fighting on the card. Fucking Mississippi has MMA license plates. They should all want to come watch it. <laughs> you ain't never seen this shit? Uh-uh. Yeah. What does it say? Fucking MMA. <laughs> on the damn, you know how they have like, they have NASCAR. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, didn't, one, I didn't know that. That's they crazy. have one for MMA. Huh. Mississippi. Not high school wrestling. They can't get. They can't do that shit. That's too violent. But they can have MMA license plates. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Do, why does wrestling just get such a bad vibe? A rep. It's like it doesn't seem like it's bad. Like I mean, I know I know it's not bad. It's because of the stigma. You know, I mean, oh look, you you two are out there in your freaking tights rolling around with each other. You know, shit like that. I'm like, mm. I mean, it goes even back to the Breakfast Club. Remember when they asked him, oh, do you wear the tights? He's like, I wear the required wrestling uniform. That's exactly how he said It goes all the way back to that. I mean, you know, it's like, fuck, you can't get, you can't get away, away with it. Mm. But even <laughs> in catch wrestling back when they first started that, um, I can't remember that dude's name. Uh, gotch, I think it was his name, it was like one of the top catch wrestlers in the country. Mm-hmm. And he had he had leggings on. He would be mm. you know shirtless, but with leggings on. So I mean, even back to then, we were wearing tights and like oh, yeah. but you know, that's when that real alpha males step up and are securing. <laughs> well, that goes back to the whole thing of what <laughs> men consider masculine. Yeah, but then there's men that will wear another man's name on their back, you know, for yes. like a Sunday football game. Like to me, that's a lot gayer. <laughs> you know what? My king, my king said this best. Shout out, my king. My king said this best to me. He goes, "I can't stand when I see a dude walking around with fucking like Tom Brady's name on the like a football jersey or something like that." Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, I never thought about it like that too." He's like, "It's just, just so weird. Why?" Yeah, like, but I've seen Mike King wear a man's jersey before. Does he really? I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Like he, I want to say I saw him wear like a Packers jersey one time or something. Maybe that was he lost. I mean, I could be wrong, but, but like I'll have to. I'll what have football to. team does he like? He likes the Saints. Oh, yeah. Maybe it was a Saints jersey or something. Maybe yeah. I'm sure I'd go on his Facebook and find <laughs> him wearing yeah. a fucking jersey. But like, yeah, he's like, I hate that shit. I like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, to each their own. Like, mm-hmm. I've never really big into big, big into sports, but I just don't understand like guys that knock another man for doing something and they're wearing it another man's shit on their back and they hasn't done anything that this man has done or what these people are wrestling have done. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's with anything, you know, these guys on the couch, they have all the answers. Mm. All the, you know, everybody. But <laughs> 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 well, I mean, shit, you'll have it. Like I've, I'm on some wrestling different forums and whatnot. Yeah. And these guys are, you know, sitting there arguing. I'm like, and, and people will call them out too. Cause yeah. wrestlers don't give a fuck. And he was like, Oh, so you know you could have scored that sitting on your couch eating your potato chips. I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, because I mean, it's you got to have tough skin to be in there. and and then like growing up in wrestling rooms, different things were allowed, you know, mm-hmm. to to happen. It, it wasn't like bad things, you know, stuff like that. It's just you know, two kids started fighting. The coaches might be like, oh, okay, well. 
y'all work it out. <laughs> you know, just let it go. Into, you know, I mean, yeah. most wrestling rooms will probably have a couple fights in them during the season. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, just, you know, I mean, you're, you're going with the same guy usually over day in and day out, and, you know, you're banging, and, I mean, so a lot of times you're going live wrestling in the room, and, you know, you get frustrated, and shit just happens, and mm. then, you know, they'll, they'll go at it for a little bit, and then you kind of walk in, like, okay, y'all are done. Chill out. <laughs> Do you have like a kid like that you train or coach? I'm sorry. That has always just somebody's always had their number and then eventually they finally figure out that piece. Or do you think that kid is always going to have their number? No, because I mean, like a lot of the kids that I've been fortunate enough to coach, they don't study it like that. Okay. So they just go out there and be like, oh, I got so-and-so. Now, yeah. when I first started and was at Harding, mm-hmm. every time we'd go against Christian Brothers, they were beat before we even took the mat. Mm. So it was like more of a mental thing? Yeah. You know, and, and you could tell from their from their vibe and stuff. And I had a kid that I coached, and, and he could beat the shit out of this kid all summer in freestyle and Greco. I mean, he would just wear him out. Mm-hmm. When it got to the uh, state tournament, he was like, oh, man. But, you know, and I knew – before we even walked out on the mat, I was like, he's not going to win. Damn. Just because he, he had blocked himself mentally. Yeah. But, you know, and, and you, you can kind of sense that. And then, like, with um, Baggy this summer, this was, like, you know, a huge national tournament. There's, like, 20-something mats on the Fargo Dome floor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's on there. Well, she had to wrestle on mat one, which is in the center and raised up and all the USA stuff is around it. And that's where they would hold the finals. But like during the during the regular sessions, people are wrestling on it, and nobody's really paying attention. It's just another mat. Yeah. The girls in the crowd were like, "Oh, you're on mat one. You're on mat one." So I think that kind of mm, got into her head. Yeah, it's like, "Oh, I'm in the center of it." But, you know, and then she end up losing that match. But you know, she got hurt when we went back to the training room, and and we told her like, "Hey, you know, this is up to you." You know what you do from here gone, you can still end up third mm-hmm. or, you know, you can be done with the tournament. Yeah. Depending on how you do on the next couple of matches. And she went out there and just, I mean, it was like a, a switch had just flipped and she just went out and just like her and I had practiced all, all the weeks leading up to, it. I'm like, Holy, I was like, where was this wrestler? The first two <laughs> matches. Yeah. She was wrestling not to lose. Mm. she came out there and was wrestling to win all the difference. Just that, just that little shift and that, that paradigm shift in your mind. Like, you know, Oh, I've got this. I'm like, you don't have any pressure. You freaking won silver at Pan Am's. You're here against just people in the United States. Yeah. You know, calm down. Just go out there and have fun. And that's the, that's the biggest thing I tell my kids. Like the work is done in the room. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're in there. I mean, and it, you know, all these other sports are like, oh, blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, no, we really have that shit in our room. <laughs> you're going to be bleeding. You're going to be sweating. You're going to be crying. You know, it, it's it's not fun. It's not a fun sport. Yeah. The training is what's not fun. When you go out there and the mat's in the middle of the basketball floor and your family's there and everything else, that's when you go out and have fun. You made the weight. Have fun. Go out there and just do it. You know, and, I'm, and I tell them all the time, like, I can't tell you at the end of the season what your win and loss record is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, being an assistant coach, <laughs> I got a lot of that pressure relieved off of me. So I can just focus on 
you know, moving forward and getting better each, each time we take the mat. And that's why I tell them, like, we're going to just improve every single time we take the mat. So that in February, when the state tournament comes around, we're at our top level. Mm. And then, you know, they're not, they're like, Oh, you know, I got this hurt and this, I'm like, there's nobody that's going to be at the state tournament. That's a hundred percent. Yeah. If they, if they went through the season at a hundred percent, they hadn't wrestled hard. Mm. So, you know, you're going to have that advantage. I mean, you just have to work through your injuries and, and block it out. And then, you know, trying to tell a you know, 15, 16 year old kid to block out, you know, a, a soreness, you know, cause it's, you know, it's one thing if you're, if you're hurt versus an actual like injury, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to be hurt. You're going to have the whole thing dinged up, but you know, trying to get them to block that out, but you know, that's going to go with them further in life. Well, I know they said about like Cain Velasquez, like he was so good, but like, I guess he would train and fight through stuff that he, maybe he should have not. Yeah. Is it, you think that's that mindset mindset, like that he got that from growing up? Of like just pushing stuff down yeah. to get to the to the next level. Because he wrestled what Arizona State coming up in college wrestling. And yeah. so, I mean, I'm you know that's that's why I'm walking around now needing two knee replacements and all this other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like you know, it's like well, it's sore, but you know, I then, can keep going. Yeah, yeah. And then you end up, you know, damage yourself more. And, you know, that's why if somebody's hurt, I always, I'll tell them right off, like, go, go see the trainer. Mm -hmm. That's what, you know, they're qualified for. And they'll tell us, Yeah, you know, and and then that takes some of the pressure off of us as coaches. Mm -hmm. So we're not having to make that call. And now I like it new with the new concussion policy too, is it's out of our hands. It goes to the ref and the trainer and the, and the doctor on, on scene. They make that call. Okay. Yeah. So if, it, you know, cause I mean, you've had coaches, you know, kid gets do- dropped on his head. He, you know, he's seeing stars for a minute. Oh man, you got a couple more minutes. Just suck it up. Like, are you freaking damaging that kid's head? For <laughs> yeah. Him? That's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, so now that's kind of out of our hands. Well, it's making it easier. It's like when you were we were growing up. It's like walk it off. Yeah, yeah. play through it. <laughs> yeah. Play through it. You're not hurt. You're just crying. No reason. Go go rub, up there. Rub some dirt on it. <laughs> you just get a cortisone shot. You know, like that's the worst thing that could have ever been in sports is cortisone shots. Because what mo- what happens most of the time they get those shots, you don't feel it. Mm. You're doing way more damage. And then by the time you know the season ends, you're like, oh. Well, you just needed a rotator cuff that was torn a little bit, but now you know you've got all this other stuff with your shoulder jacked up. Damn. So that yeah, is just because it just masks the pain, basically. I wonder if that's gonna hurt or help these kids that are getting paid now, like through what is it through endorsements? Yeah, of, through school. Like, I wonder if the schools now are realizing or not realizing, but they're having to compensate these kids because these kids are definitely assets for them. Yeah. Like they're nothing without the kids. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like, it's, so like these kids will have what left to go play pro or try to play pro or something to make money for their, you know, their talent. And then now maybe these kids won't, um, leave and then like damage themselves. Like, you know, like if they're, um, what am I trying to say? Like, I think the problem is like with with sports from what I can tell is like these these kids are just like like a number for these mm-hmm. these things and they really don't take in consideration of their their well-being because there's going to be another kid that's going to come along. Yeah. 
You know, like that's the thing, especially with with co- collegiate sports is, you know, there's millions of people that are going to be able to fill that that void. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that's why some of the you know top schools like Alabama and Clemson and all these guys, they they don't rebuild. They just reload. Yeah. You know, they just oh, pull the next fucking group of kids up. Alabama has what? Have you seen that one picture? Or the, last year, the Ravens had three Heisman Trophy winners. In their backfield, and yeah. on one play, like you know, it's just and I think two of them for Alabama, yeah. And like it's just like they get the best, the best of the best go to the best, right? That's mm-hmm. how it's always going to be. But then like also, um, kind of what Tony was just saying, some of these kids now will stay that fourth year because they're not guaranteed millions of dollars in the NFL or wherever they go playing, so yeah. they might stay for that extra money they make in, in that money, uh, yeah. the, the endorsement deal. So you know whatever it is. But like your your big names, they're, they're like especially in basketball, they're doing one season, they're out because they have to go. Yeah, they have to go to college for one year at least to be they can be eligible for NBA. But like, how long was how long is that going to take until they say fuck that and they skip their first year of college and go play say overseas or something like that? Yeah, because overseas is growing. Yeah, for basketball anyway. Shit, they almost beat. <laughs> like Team they, USA, yeah, they, they Fr- did. France did. Yeah, that wasn't the first game or something yeah. that they played. Yeah, we ended up getting bronze, right? No, no, no they won gold. gold. Yeah, no, that's right. Sorry, because I think they went five and one. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. lost. They lost to um, France, France, and then, and then they beat them beat, again. Yeah. yeah, but it was just like, man, like. But I think that's the thing. Like they're big stars. Like, why am I going to go over there and play and possibly get hurt or something? Mm-hmm. And for what? Yeah, it's also like. You know, like the world is catching up to American dominated sports. Like the players are getting better and stuff like that. You know, obviously, you're not going to have a Croatia team as good as, you know, like an NBA team, right? Or something like that. But like, well, the way I look at it is like people talk about how like Michael Jordan's the best basketball player in the world. But if you look at some of the guys he played against, yeah, it's like, come on. It's not fair, man. There's this picture. I don't. I assume it's real, but there's a picture of Michael Jordan, like like doing a layup or something. There's this old man. Yes, like great. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so it, it's it's like what Tony just said. The athletes then weren't as big and fast, right? Yeah. Now your your defensive linemen are 295 pounds of pure muscle, running a 40 in 4.5 seconds. Yeah. That was back then. The defensive end was running a forty in like twenty seconds because he was like three hundred pounds of just fat. Yeah. Remember? I mean, just look at the what was it? The refrigerator Perry. Yeah, like like, like look at that guy now, and yeah. that team because there was this guy that worked with in his office. He had there was a picture of all them whenever they won the Super Bowl that year. And you look at those football players like those are just like guys off the street. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, it's like and then like you know all these guys are playing these positions. If they played 20 years ago, they wouldn't have been the stars they are, right? Yeah. Because, like I said, I'm sure Michael Jordan would be good, but I don't think he would be as dominant. Yeah. Because now the game is just evolved into better players. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just a fact. Like, Sports medicine, I mean, shoes are better now. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like some of these guys that had shortened careers because of injury, if they had played now, maybe they could have played longer because of the mm-hmm. advance in the medicine and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And just the way the athletes are more. 
taking care of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you got like Perry. He probably just would go home after practice and <laughs> eat a freaking bucket of chicken or something, yeah. or some shit like that. Yeah. Now these guys are all tuned in, like, oh, I got to make sure I get my electrolytes. I got to get my BCAAs. You know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I mean, even even ten or fifteen years ago, you didn't hear guys talking like that. Now yeah. everybody's on a plan. Everybody's doing. You know, I remember I saw someone. They said like LeBron spent like a million dollars on his like fitness a year. Like just, I guess, oh, like, like trainers yeah. and nutrition. And I'm all sure he does because, stuff. I mean, you know, when he was in Miami, I think he was 285 playing basketball or something like that. And now he's like 230 or 245 and just rip because he's a vegan now or something like that, too. I don't know. Fuck LeBron. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cleveland. Cleveland. Little bitch. Yeah. At least he gave you all something on he his way He gave us one title. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Asshole. But, like, you know, like. But he does He does do a lot of good for Cleveland, setting up schools and stuff like that that, you know, nobody really talks about. But he does He does a lot of good charity work. You, obviously, you know that school he just built, like, two years ago or whatever yeah. it was. Now everyone's like, oh, he just built it for tax reasons and this and that. But, it, what difference does it make? It's like, his fucking money. Yeah, it's like, who yeah. cares? You know, even if it was a tax write-off for him, it doesn't matter. He still built something for people that didn't have shit. Does, like, does he get a tax write-off on all these scholarships he gives kids? Exactly. Because, right. I mean, he pays for a lot of kids' education. Yeah. And nobody says a word about it. I mean, okay, so he gets a tax write-off. These kids get to go to college that, you know, otherwise would have been out gangbanging or whatever. Yeah. You know, just, in, you know, just... You you see some kid with a little glimmer, you know, and if you just blow on that and get that fire started, I mean that's all it takes. Yeah, you know we we gotta we gotta freaking come together and quit all this nitpicking over bullshit. Because I mean I'm not gonna have LeBron money, mm-hmm. so you know, hey, kudos to LeBron for finding a way to beat the system or whatever. But also thank you for helping these kids. Yeah, because he could just be like, fuck it, I just want to buy a car or yeah. a house or yeah. something with his cash. Yeah, but also with LeBron, it's like fuck LeBron. <laughs> there's there's a thing. I mean, it's fact. Um, someone took a picture of him and like wrote like like some stuff of his life. You know, it's like he was 18 years old when they gave him 38 million dollars or some whatever it was, right, or 40 million, and he took that and he grew it and grew it and grew it. But also the whole time. He's never stepped out on his wife that I'm, I don't know. If, I'm sure he hasn't. Right. Yeah. But like, but you know, but, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I don't know. Right. But the thing is like, you're only he, as loyal as your options, man. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he did, but I'm just saying like statistically, most NBA players are probably fucking off. They probably yeah. got some side piece. I saw this thing. This guy was like, I think it was on that cocaine thing you told me to watch. Oh, did you watch it? Yeah, and the yeah, guy, yeah, 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 yeah. And the guy was like, you know, if you cheat on your wife, you're going to go let her buy whatever she wants for ten, twenty thousand dollars. She's going to forget about that you cheated. Yeah. <laughs> See, he was like, he was like, one one time on uh, you have the wife at this game and you fly the girlfriend to the other game. Yeah. It's like you know, like it, he that, that was his job or something like. that. So you watched the whole thing? Yeah. I got I got like forty minutes left in the last episode. How good was it? It's good. It's Have really you seen good. this? It's called Cocaine Cowboys. Like it's, Miami, it's the it's, Miami version. Uh, yeah. Here's what happens when I watch TV. I fall asleep all the time. <laughs> I started really? watching Suicide Squad the other night. Oh, that's good. And it was like 8 o'clock. I'm like, okay, I can make it. It's like two hours. I can make it. Till How do you watch it? Uh, you have, you have issue, issue of Max? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. Good to know. <laughs> Good to know when my friend gets mad at me and changes her password. I can just you off. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was, I was watching. And then, like, my wife was sitting there watching with me. I guess I fell asleep. Yeah. But I watched the ending. So <laughs> I knew what happened in the beginning. I knew what happened in the end. <laughs> but no, most of the time, like, if, if, if I'm home and have plenty of time, I'm going to watch, like, Wheel of Fortune or something like that because I just like that. And the thing is, like, I'll be cheering for them people to win. Yeah. I, just, I don't even know these people. And I'm like, oh, yeah, shit, yeah, they won. And then go in the studio, play some guitar or something, and then watch more wrestling videos. <laughs> I live a very boring existence. But I have to get better. I have to keep getting better because these kids can get better. That's That's my whole thing. How's Antonio doing? Man, that kid's going to be something. And the, and the nice thing is, is like parents will come to me and be like, oh, he's such a good kid. I like seeing him do well. You know, and, and they had not even associated with him, but they knew that I had coached him for a number of years. And like, you know, because like he went and uh, refereed at uh, Fargo National Tournament. So he was down there refereeing and, 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 you know, doing that kind of stuff. And now, this will be his first full year at King wrestling. Mm. So I think he's going to wrestle at 57. So he should, he should win the starting spot there and we'll, we'll see how he does. I mean, did he join the army or something too? He's in the national guard. Okay. To help pay for the rest of the school that, that King didn't cover. But I mean, you know, here's a kid, you know, he didn't have the greatest life and now he gets to wrestle in college and get a, and get education. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that kid, that kid's awesome. Special kid. But you know, it go it goes on and on. Like all these kids, you know, like another one, he could he got kicked out of uh Bolton because he had some weed on him, allegedly. Kids was freaking straight edge all the time. The the kid who had it threw the stuff in this kid's bag and then ran out of the class. And so you know, they couldn't catch him because the fat-ass security was too slow to catch yeah. him. And so, you know, they come back to my wrestler, and he's had it in his bag. You know, like, oh, you're done. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, me and uh, our friend had to go in freaking in, into the board and have a meeting with him. Like, no, this kid would not do it. We know this kid. I take this kid home every single day from freaking practice. I see where, he, you know, I see what he does. I see his, you know, his family and this and that. I know this is not this kid. They still weren't hearing it. I'm like, whatever. Damn. But now he's he's off and he's in the uh, army himself and doing well and going to school and all this stuff. So, because it's funny because I'll just get random messages from guys like on Instagram or uh, Facebook or different things like that, and they're like, "Oh, coach, you're looking good. You know, you got me motivated to do this." And one kid sent me a text one time. He's like, he said, "Because you sat me down and made me write goals out during the season." Now when I'm at work, he said, I started out as a dishwasher. He said, now I'm assistant manager of this restaurant. He said, because I kept making goals and I kept making goals and just moving forward. And I'm like, yeah, if you don't, if you don't make goals and get a plan to it, your life's just going to, you know, spiral around and, you know, until something sticks. Oh, if I could, I'll just go with this. Are you big on writing stuff down? Very big. And that's the thing with, with when I have them write the goals, I have them write the goals and then turn it in so that just we see it. Mm-hmm. But I also tell them, like, take these goals home and put them on your bathroom mirror. Put mm-hmm. them on your dresser. 
you have to see these goals every single day. Yeah. If you're not seeing them, you know, they're just something you wrote down mm. to, to make coach happy and, and get him off your back. Mm-hmm. And, and you can tell the kids who do and who don't because the kids who do, they're in the room and they're working and they're asking the question, Hey, how do I do that? How do I get better? How do I, you know, what else do I need to do? But the thing with the goals is it's not like a to-do list. So you hit a goal, Oh, scratch it off. Mm-hmm. You know, no, you make another goal higher to push yourself. If you just, if you just look at your, you know, four or five goals as a to-do list. Okay. Anybody, like my goal now is to complete this workout, mm-hmm. but I've already got in my mind. Okay. After I do that, then I'm on two weeks of, you know, another plan and then start another workout plan. But you know, it's just that kind of, that kind of mentality is just, don't look at it as, oh, you know, goal done, goal done, you know. And, and that's the thing is with these kids nowadays, you know, they've got so many avenues they could go down and different things drawing their attention. But if they wake up every morning and see that goal, you know, and I tell them, I'm like, put a realistic goal down. Like one of the kids we took up to Fargo this year, he's like, coach, I want to go up here and I want to win one match at Fargo. Mm-hmm. And I don't be like, you know what? That's realistic because you've never been at a tournament this size. Yeah. And so you end up winning two matches. I'm like, hey, you doubled your goals. I mean, <laughs> yeah. look. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, and that's the thing is is realistic goals versus, you know, what you think somebody wants to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody else is going to see these but us. Yeah. And then we may have a one-on-one with you and say, hey, you know. This is this is how you can you know go about it. You know what are your plans to go about getting that goal? Because I think Coach, if you set something too high and you don't reach it, then you're probably going to you're going crash to, and burn. Well, just like you're going to feel defeated, and you probably won't want to try anything else. Yeah, you know, like if you saw, like little baby steps is what we all need to do. Because mm-hmm. yeah, a small win's a win. Yeah. You know, because like you said, a kid said one. He didn't say I wanted to win, you know, the whatever tournament. the top thing could be, yeah. you know. I think that's good, man. Like, like I, I love like when you set your mind to something and then you accomplish it. Mm-hmm. Like you, you you put something down, you put something down on paper or whatever, and then it becomes a reality. Yeah. Like that's one of the most amazing accomplishments you can possibly have. And like I said, a lot of people are just. I don't know. I I just don't understand like why you don't, no one has people don't have aspirations to do anything. Yeah. Like to me, that's just like what do you get up for? Well, the rest of us need those people in the world. Yeah. So you know, somebody's got to pick up my trash. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not. My goal is not to be a trash yeah. man. You yeah. know. I mean, I and, that, and that's the same thing. It's like some of these people they get they get complacent. You know, They're like okay, well, this is as far as I can go. Yeah. You know. Here I'm. I've coached since '04 in Memphis, mm-hmm. but every single year I'm looking at different things. Every every time I see a new move or technique, I'm studying it, breaking it down. How can we use this? I'm not afraid to be like, no, I don't know this shit. I'm going to go to somebody else who knows it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and tell the kids. I'm like, you want to look up technique? Look up this guy. Look up this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just do what we do in the room and think that that's the only wrestling moves that are out there. I'm like, yeah. please go out and look at other people's stuff and, you know, bring it back here and, and we can break it down together if we need to, you know, I'm not, I'm not the coach that's like, Hey, it's my way. That's it. Period. Done. Yeah. No. It's good, man. What is your advice for people 
because we don't want to tie you up for the rest of the day. Um, my advice. Now you're not going to answer this today. We don't need your <laughs> this. Is Mark? So oh, okay. you can put your phone down. Look up oh. a quote. I was going to look up like. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say this is something that that I learned. It's probably been about ten years ago now when my dad passed. Is live the dash. Live. The, oh, I like that man. Live the dash. So you know you're born. Your that year's on your headstone. There's that little dash, and then the year you die. Yeah. What you put in that dash is how your life is going to be looked at. So every day I get up and I'm like, what am I going to put into my dash that's going to stay when I leave? That's beautiful, man. That really is good. I like that. You you like that? <laughs> I, I was saving that. I, my boy told me that a while ago, and I was like, I didn't understand it. I was like, that. And, so, and then I think about it, and then I was like, oh. It sounds it's good, right? It's, it's, it's really like good. really good, right? Like yeah. we're gonna clip that. We're gonna make a clip on that one for sure. <laughs> we, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah. we, we. I'm friends. <laughs> we, yes. 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 Well, appreciate you coming on, Mark. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, man. I'm gonna uh, ask you a question real quick, Earl. What is gonna be your dash? Oh, um, I'll get back to you. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Okay. Thank you. Like I told him on, I'm sure you heard me say this, mm-hmm. but like, uh, Nick and I, I've, we failed. Yeah. <laughs> so you can take the baton. Mark. <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> it's an uphill battle, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he's already making great headway though. Thank you. Great like I said, job. he's, he's one of the best people I know, but. I think Raul's problem is his mouth, for one thing, <laughs> and his mentality sometimes. I almost got in a fight yesterday. You were probably got beat up. No. What no. the f- beating your ass? <laughs> oh. <laughs> my guy. My guy. So uh, oh, he said he... So, yeah, you know. Yeah. I called Mark. That's my first one I called. I was like, hey, Mark, I need you to handle this. <laughs> he was like, he's like... What difference does it make what weight she was lifting? Why would he say that kind of thing? You know? And then he was like, and I said, well, I called him. I said, you sound like a hating ass bitch saying that, but I know you're not a hating ass bitch. Yeah. And, uh, and then he says, he's like, oh, I was going to say, ha ha, right? And he's like, what's so funny? He sent me a message saying, what's so funny? And I was like, um, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute to realize that scroll and say, he's like, and, then, and he's, and he, I don't know if you've ever read the message back. I, but not, I don't know if he's, he's plotting, man. <laughs> Let's see. Mm, but yeah, he was, I think he was upset. But that's what's so bad about like social media now. It's like, you got all these people out there that have their own opinions and all this. I'm like, dude, just come, come walk with me for one, one day. Mm. Just one day. Come on, put these shoes on. You should put uh, Tony through your one year max fit, max, max fit, effort, max effort. Workouts, they're fun. You got I mean, that. You got that big tire over there. You can go flipping that tire, making fun of my tire. Fuck. Yeah, I grabbed that tire. I didn't even realize. And then I looked it up when I got home. It's just three hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> I was like, how, I, how's, I was like, how did you get in your truck? He's like, I picked it up. I was like, how? <laughs> the one I have out there, the, the really good one that's out there, you know, yeah. is like two hundred and five pounds. I could, I fucking struggle for like an hour <laughs> trying to lift that thing up into the truck bed. Well, don't compare yourself to Mark. I mean, Mark's a man, and you're you. 
Mm, true. <laughs> so there's that. Alpha. <laughs> omega. It's called Omega. That's Omega male. Is higher than alpha male. I'm a fucking omega. <laughs> is it omega world? the end? I don't, I'm just saying that's what it said. Hang on, let me Google it real fast. They're just trying to. They're just trying to create new things for instead of just accepting masculinity that we've gotten rid of because now everything's toxic masculinity. Oh, you can't be too masculine. Oh, okay, so an omega male is a noun. <laughs> A man who chooses not to have a powerful or important role in, in oh, social. Oh, that definitely you. <laughs> <laughs> Omega. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> who, who chooses not to have a powerful or important role in a social or professional situation. While the alpha male wants to dominate and the beta male just wants to get by. Oh, you're, is there a hybrid of Omega and, and uh, Beta? The Omega, the Omega male has either opted out or if he used to try, given up. Your name is OB from now on. <laughs> I love how you called yourself out. Like you're trying to say like this masculine figure. <laughs> In what world would you be a masculine man besides having facial hair? Um, I don't judge myself hardly like that. <laughs> you don't you don't get to judge me either i'm just seeing what you're giving out man love so so now are you stepping back and you're not omega yeah i don't want to be omega i don't want to be i don't want to be omega anymore <laughs> oh god Raul, you are one of a kind <laughs> thank you well thank you mark we appreciate it man thanks for having me i appreciate it all right we love you lots bye